This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that isn't quite on the beach just yet. Uh, anyone expecting a quiet few weeks preparation before Chelsea play Arsenal in the Europa League uh, final clearly doesn't know Chelsea. Uh, the team travelled to Boston, USA for a long-planned match against New England Revolution in aid of Roman Abramovich's campaign against anti-Semitism, the final whistle on hate. So far, so good. However, a pitch resembling a ploughed field and the, Ro- and, Ro- and the Romans and Romans' demands to play a full-strength team had many supporters and indeed the manager petrified that a few injuries might scupper our chances of bagging a trophy in a couple of weeks' time. And of course, this is precisely what happened when Ruben Loftus-Cheek suffered a ruptured Achilles tendon, ruling him out of the Europa League final and much of next season massively cruel on Ruben, who has become one of our best players in the last month or so, but also perhaps for our chances against Arsenal. Many have been pinning the blame on Sarri, but in truth, an injury like that can happen at any time. And ultimately, the responsibility lies with Roman and the board for staging the match at this time. Whether they will be bothered or not is moot, as it shouldn't go unnoticed that they were salivating at the positive PR and dollar signs with loads of American Chelsea fans swarming to Boston to get a rare sight of their heroes in their own backyard. If you remember your history, the Boston Tea Party in 1773, where British Americans protested against being taxed or no taxation without representation, led to the American Revolutionary War and the loss of America as a British colony. Perhaps Chelsea FC, in their own little way, are doing something to address the balance of history by making every effort to appease the enthusiastic American fan base with greater access than they allow their UK cousins 
and palming them off with meaningless friendlies dressed up as competitive fixtures. After all, there's no exploitation without Chelsea representation. The Chelsea fancast number 464, the Boston Tea Party. There you go. Do you know what, JK? In fact, actually, both of you will know this. Whenever I hear the Boston Tea Party, I don't think of the actual historic event. I actually think of that wonderful Alex Harvey uh, band song. Yeah. Yeah? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Welcome to the Boston Tea Party. You know, I should have called it Welcome to the Boston Tea Party, shouldn't I? In fact, I'm going to change the title now, because I can. Good man. Good man. I've I've kind of come come to the... uh, uh, you know, I, I've woken up to the the 21st century, and I now actually have the script on my computer. Whereas what was used... the name of the guitarist who dressed as a clown? I don't know. Was it was Clem it... Clementson? No, no, that that wasn't him. No, he was a drummer. Clem Clementson was a drummer with. Um... So there was McKenna. There was. Um... No, sorry, sorry, I'm talking bollocks. Clem Clementson was. Oh the God, other... I think you're... no, I think you're right. No, no, I'm talking absolute rubbish. Sorry. Sorry, I suddenly uh, was thinking of something completely because different. Because one, one of them died quite recently. Oh, did he? Yeah. He was great. He was a great character in that band. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, you've probably already realised that it's not just me on the Chelsea fancast. It'd be pretty rubbish if it was, let's be honest. Uh, as ever, I've got the wonderful Mr Jonathan Kidd in the house. Oh, how lovely to be here, Trish. Lovely, yeah. as always. Lovely. Yeah. And people on Mixer, hello. Lovely to be able to share the airwaves mm, with you. Indeed. And uh, I've also got, actually, uh, well, very luckily, because poor old Jonathan was uh, was not well, actually. He got the, the... I mean, imagine the worst thing that could ever happen to Jonathan, and it would be he loses his voice. Well, that's what happened last no, week. And my, I, think, I think the worst thing would be my testicles. Okay, but okay. Uh, apart apart from losing his testicles, the worst thing for Jonathan would be losing his voice, and that's what happened yeah. last week, which, of course, meant that he couldn't do the Friday Night Love Sports Show, but... Uh, Bless his heart, Clayton texted me and said, Chidge, I'm around if you need somebody on there. And uh, I I had the pleasure of Clayton's company last Friday. And we were a bit miffed, weren't we, Clayton? Because we only had an hour. So therefore, I've decided to make this show exactly the same as the show on Friday to give us the opportunity to say all the things that we weren't able to say because we didn't have time. Does that make sense? No. Okay. I I thought it did. I thought it made perfect (laughs) sense. Anyway, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you very much. Nice to have a pint with you in the in the old Doggett pub before as well. Very good, very good, although no sport. No sport, no. We were hoping to watch the conclusion of the cricket, but we were foiled somewhat by that, but there you go. Uh, right, anyway, lots on the show tonight, believe it or not, in spite of the fact there's absolutely diddly squat to talk about of any in terms of matches, really, but uh, that's never bothered us ever, ever, ever. Anyway, on the show tonight, we ask... Was Chelsea's trip to Boston last week necessary? And given Loftus-Cheek's injury, should it have been played at all? And was Sarri's absence from any media appearances a message to Roman Abramovich? Uh, In part two, with Ruben's injury adding to a long list of key players currently signed live with injury, is it just bad luck and coincidence, or should Sarri's training and playing methods be questioned? The transfer window is now opened, but with uncertainty due to the Cass appeal, what is going on? Uh, We discussed the likely ins and outs. Uh, And UEFA's stupid decision to have the Europa League final in Baku is making it very difficult for Chelsea fans to make the trip. But over and above that, how important is it for Chelsea to actually bring the trophy back home? And will it make a difference as to whether Sarri survives as manager or not? Now, in part three, we've got the usual parish notices and we put you in the picture regarding the Chelsea fancast summer schedule. And with yesterday being the 19th of May, we recall some memories of the day seven years ago when Chelsea lifted the European Cup. But can Chelsea win it again? 
And in part four, we've got loads of your emails to read out. Good bunch this week. Lots of good questions, which we hope to answer. So there you go. Now, uh, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea Young Fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast uh, whenever you like uh, to have a natter about uh, life, the universe, Chelsea and everything else. Right, and talking of Mixler, loads of great people in there. Uh, not as many as usual, possibly because I got the notice out late. Possibly because they think, well, why on earth would we be doing a show now there's no football to talk about? Fools! You're all fools! Some of you are match-going fools, but generally you're all just fools if you don't realise that we're not on air. So sort it out. Anyway, uh, Monyaki's in the house, which is just as well, because I've got an email of his to read out later. Tony Glover. Lovely to see Tone in there. Aussie side, my broken lead. The lovely Bob Oosray. Planet Earth is blue. Oh, Kev M. Chris M. 23. The lovely Dean Mears. Breedsy. Loads of people in there. Claire, I think, is in there too. Is she? No, 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 no. That was last week. Anyway, good to see you all, as ever. Now, in a minute, uh, we'll be uh, carrying on with the old chat. Okay, so uh, Chelsea um, decide to go to the Boston Tea Party, as I've called it, or Boston at any rate, for this final whistle on hate game, which, uh, you know, let's face it, Roman Abramovich, uh, you know, decided to do a long time ago. I tell you the first thing, actually, Jonathan, I, I, I kind of pondered this uh, at the weekend, you know, amidst all of the uh, all of the talking about whether we should have gone out there or not. Um, but it kind of made me think, if, if Roman Abramovich decided to play uh, a friendly in Boston after the last Premier League match, does this mean he didn't expect Chelsea to get either to the FA Cup final the Euro- or the Europa League final? It looks like it, doesn't it? I mean, whatever. Can, can I just what? answer that question? I know you don't like people butting in, but it wasn't arranged until we'd actually been knocked out of the FA Cup. So he didn't oh, think we'd get to the Europa League final then? Correct. I mean, isn't that appalling? If he'd been watching us this season, I'd say it was quite perceptive. No, but if he'd been watching the Europa League, he'd have seen how shit all the teams were and that it was pretty likely. You know, we were prophesying that we'd play Arsenal in the final um, after the second tie we had because everybody looked so dreadful. Certainly you were. Well, I was, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I got it right. I think, funny enough, I got the finished top four and Europa League completely right. Nobody has congratulated me. Please, somebody congratulate me. Thanks very much. Thanks, Clayton. Thank you. That's lovely. Um, <laughs> but uh, to get to get back to, um, yeah, he, he there's there's clearly some terrible ineptitude. I mean, it's just the whole thing was utterly ludicrous. And what other club has done that? No other club has done that. I mean, obviously, all the other clubs are, are all aren't haven't got Europa League finals coming up. But no other club in the history of cup finals has ever gone away to play a friendly and play the first team because you are you're asking for it, aren't you? You need to keep them in cotton wool. 
and particularly Loftus-Cheek, who's been the best player practically over the last few few months. I mean, uh, I mean, completely appalling. Oh, I mean, I you mean, know, well, you, you say that, but I mean, there are. I mean, look, there is a counter argument to this, and that's that. Uh, you know, a, a nigh on three week break. Well, it's, yeah, is it three weeks? Two two weeks? Let's call it two week break before the final, and they don't get to play a match at all. Uh, I mean, you know, there's an argument to say that that's actually not very good either. And I, I know this wasn't a competitive match, but you know, I don't think it's as black and white as that. And I mean, I I think you you know, there's certainly you know been uh, matches a lot closer to a final than this. I mean, you know, we played the we played the uh, FA Cup final days before the Champions League final, didn't we, Clayton? Yeah, but we played but it on the Saturday. It's a match, though, isn't it? Hang on, what one of you, one of you, Clayton? Well, yeah. I haven't really finished, actually. Okay, go on, then. No, no, it's fine. No, don't go and sulk. Go and answer the point, and then I'll ask Clayton as well. No, you're cutting out all the time, Chid. Am Chid, I? you're cutting out. Yeah, well, non-stop. Not according to the people on Mixer. Just get on with it. Uh, all right. Okay. Clayton, answer the question then. Uh, we played the, we, we played the we Champions did, League. We did yeah. play. Um, we played Liverpool on the Saturday before the 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 Saturday the week before because was the Champions League was it on a Wednesday then? No, Still? it was a Saturday. Was it a Saturday. No, it was a so Saturday. It was a, it was a week before. I I think playing devil's advocate, um, it wasn't such a mad idea because, okay. As I said, I read that it was actually arranged after we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup. Mm. So this is a game which was a... Okay, it was a seven-hour flight away, but these guys play fly first class three weeks before the, uh, the Europa League final. There's no football between now and then. Arsenal will no doubt be arranging friendlies, probably behind closed doors. I'm, I'm not... I mean, I'm not as obsessed with sort of slagging the club off for doing this or Roman for doing this as has been the norm. To be honest with you, um, if Ruben hadn't been injured and we'd come back, who would have said anything? Now, I know that's a big if because obviously he did. But as we've discussed, um, it was a freak accident. There was nobody near him. So, you know, I know it's stretching it because if we hadn't have gone, but who's to say that he couldn't have done that in training? You know, three weeks is a long time, two and a half weeks, whatever it is, it's a long time. You know, the players lose rhythm. So I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely distraught for the kid. I'm absolutely distraught for us because I think it hampers our chances of winning. But I, I don't think the club are to blame. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with that uh, completely because I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, that kind of an injury, particularly an Achilles heel one, I mean, that can happen at any time. That could have happened in training, you know. It's just one of those things. I think it's just appallingly bad luck for the club and appallingly bad luck for Ruben. I mean, if it had been, you know, through... Um, if it, if he'd been injured because of the pitch, which was absolutely awful, or a really awful challenge by a clodhopper that you'd probably get at New England revolution then that would be different but it wasn't there was nobody near him and he just did it as Achilles which is what can happen I just think it's an amazing coincidence that you know that both he and Hudson Adoy have both got Achilles injuries in the last couple of months I think that's really weird Jonathan but I just think it's just a weird coincidence that's all I don't know I just think that because it wasn't an essential game 
and there are, there are too many unknowns in it and, and it, it was purely an exercise as you said for um creating great interest from the american side of things and also for a very good cause it's great you know, cause I mean, wasn't it great really? cause yeah, yeah and it, and it, you know i'm pleased that the the chairman turned up but um you're you're dicing with this happening if you're playing on a pitch that is isn't the same standard as the training facilities at Cobham and isn't the same standard as a Premier League pitch. As I, don't, I don't think it had anything anybody. to do with the pitch, though, mate. I mean, that no, could he, have happened. Well, he caught his studs in the pitch. That was what they said. He caught his studs while twisting. OK. They, so you... they, laid, they laid turf over the uh, plastic pitch, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me, was... let, me, let me just get this straight, because I've obviously missed that, uh, missed that in, in translation. So you're saying, JK, that actually he's done his Achilles in part because of that pitch are you that's what i read yeah bloody hell where did you pit where did you read that I've, I've, various well, i don't okay. know a periodical i must have come across somewhere well in remember. that case it's an absolute bag of shit then because that's all that's appalling because i mean i remember when they were I, I saw some footage before they went out and you could see that the pitch was just just atrocious it, i mean it, it looked like somebody had put a carpet down there and a very badly fitted one at that. So that that therefore is that means that they are culpable for that. And I've had this all wrong because I was kind of under the impression that you know it, it it had no you know the fact that they were playing theirs had no bearing on his injury. And as we know, an Achilles can go anytime, anywhere. You know, it's just one of those things. But this puts a different complexion on it, mate. And I thought he, I thought he got his studs caught. That's what I was told. But uh, on the other hand, though, um, nonetheless, uh, Achilles. Achilles being ruptured is something very peculiar to have both of them happen, even if um, even if the pitch did contribute. Mm. And, and I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think there's been some overtraining going on for all these injuries to have happened, um, which is likely because the whole of Sarri's pressing game requires huge fitness, but in a specifically um, controlled way. Because um, it's the same thing, obviously, with City and Liverpool, and you don't see them all succumbing to the or, same or, or, or Tottenham to a degree. You know, to a degree, absolutely. I mean, all you've, well, seen, all you've yeah. seen with them is that they run out of gas before the end of the season, or they have done. I mean, Liverpool didn't this season. City have seemed to have got used to it. Even Spurs to a degree, although they, they look really leggy towards the end of the season. But then again, they didn't have as big a squad. Oh, well, who knows? I doubt if we'll ever get to the bottom of it. Um, what we should also say, really, I just want to comment on um, there's a few other things really about this this uh, you know Boston trip that uh, was very interesting as well. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you lot were following it much, but I kind of followed quite a lot. A lot of our mates were out there for a start, you know, and they were having an absolutely fantastic time. Um, but I thought it was a bit odd, you know. I mean, obviously, Chelsea waste absolutely no time in in in. I mean, because I mean, you know, I've got this secret. We I don't know. If, I might have been sharing this with Clayton on Friday. I can't remember. But uh, I've got this kind of secret, weird, paranoid fantasy that basically Guy Lawrence basically wants to move Chelsea to America because he'll think it'll make the club more money. And they, they'd certainly go out there and they do everything. They bend over backwards to uh, to give the American fans love. I, I have no problem with giving American fans love. We love them too. But I just think it's really odd. You know, they get all this access to players that we don't. And yet, I thought it was also interesting that it was basically a half-full stadium. And I'm told that out of the 27,000 people there, there were only about 9,000 Americans. But of course, if you think about it, for a lot of the Yanks, it was an away match because they probably had to... I mean, you know, Brian and his mates, our, our mates Brian, were coming over from Chicago. I mean, 
So that's like a massive, I mean, I don't know, what, four or five hour flight? I don't know. So it's a bit of a weird situation. But what was your impression of it, Clayton? Yeah, I mean, part of the reason from what I've read was the fact that there is a train that goes to the stadium from the centre of Boston, but they only run that train when the uh, American football team are playing. So there's also a difficulty because it's quite a way outside of Boston and people getting there. And I suspect, um, because I think we had been advertising it, the fan cast had been advertising it for, for months beforehand, uh, the Boston Blues were running coaches, weren't they? Um, because it was so difficult. Yeah. So I think there, there was that. Um, I think that, as far as I understand, New England are having an appalling season. Um, so I suspect a lot of their fans wouldn't have bothered going um, in the same way I doubt whether we would have gone uh, to a meaningless friendly um, because the point is that it's actually during their season. So it's not as if, um, you know, our, ours was bad enough, but but they had it during their season. Their season's still going on. Um, I, sh- I don't know. I mean, I, I you know... It, it, You've said it was a great cause, and it is a great cause. And um, what was there, 27,000 people? That's how I believe. Yeah, I could be wrong. Well, I I mean, 27,000 people for a friendly Mm. is pretty good. Um, But they normally get a lot more than that. When when Chelsea go on tour in the States, I mean, you know, they've had way more than that in some of the games that they've played out there. Yeah, I, well, I, I I don't know why. You'd have, you'd have to ask the Americans be, why it, yeah. it wasn't so thrilling this time round. Well, I'm a, not sure. There's a few in Mixler, actually. I mean, you know, do let me know because I'd be I'd be curious to to know what you what you think of it. I mean, it's, it's bloody clear that everybody went at an absolutely cracking time. I mean, and and uh, you know, of all the people who should get that, we should get that because we're lucky enough to to see each other every couple of weeks in the pub and do all that and these guys you know their chances to do that are few and far between and their chance to do it in their own manner is even harder so you know all power to their elbow for that i wouldn't begrudge them that at all um jonathan interestingly enough it was roman's only appearance at a match this season uh but equally mysterious uh was maurizio sarri's kind of media silence i mean he didn't do any of the official press uh conferences he didn't go to the holocaust uh, memorial in boston uh, it was claimed he had a stomach bug, but uh, I've also heard a rumour that that he'd been told to shut up and not, not do it. Uh, but I just wonder also if he was snubbing Roman and there's some sort of a message in there. Am I just being a bit of a tinfoil merchant here? Well, no, the rumours are rife, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. It's, um, you know, with Allegri being available, yeah. they're all presuming that he might be there. Um, it could be because he knows he's on the way out. He could have had a word with him about it. I'm sorry, mate. You're, you know, you know, we don't know what they're like on board level. They may have already told him that he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's um, he, he's not. They're not going to let him have the second year of his contract. Um, well, he might then have just walked out. I suppose. I suppose legitimately he could do that. So it's unlikely. Perhaps he was ill. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, um, I don't know. Perhaps Roman didn't want to meet him. Perhaps he didn't. I mean, it's very peculiar not meeting Roman, isn't it? Let's be honest. The chairman. Who he hasn't been hasn't been in England all year. Therefore, he hasn't met him all year. He has an opportunity to meet him. Surely, he must have met him somewhere. He must have shaken hands somewhere in the club, in the uh, the stadium. You know, we're saying snubbing, but they, they must have met. 
the ridiculousness of it, because, you, you know, he doesn't have any access to him. So therefore, he would have demanded to have seen him, even if it was just to say, well done to getting in the Champions League or whatever. I, I'm, you know, I'm, once again, I'm, I'm spreading rumour. I don't know. but We, it, just, it, we don't know, do we? That's, that's, that's always the problem with Chelsea. Always the case, absolutely. We never, ever know. I mean, there was some really interesting uh, press kind of spinning, as ever, Clayton, and they were, they were kind of, uh, you know, saying that, you know that uh, that in a sense that that Sarri's silence and was was snobbing Roman because it was kind of Roman's you know Roman's big gig this wasn't it it was very much about Roman Abramovich this gig so for Sarri you know not to be uh, publicly present was uh, was perhaps not uh, not a very clever thing to do really you kind of don't do that to Roman because you find yourself getting a P forty five fairly soon so maybe Jonathan's got a point maybe he knows something that we don't what do you think Clayton. Um, well, I I read um, that they had a meeting oh, out right. there. Now, whether that was um, "Hello, who are you?" or "Hello, goodbye." <laughs> Hello, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Hello, goodbye. Um, I don't know. So, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I mean, not going on the walk where they um, saw the Holocaust Memorial was. A little bit suspect, wasn't it? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it is. It it does have shades of the whole R- Ranieri situation in Monaco, um, when Jose was basically being shown round Roman's boat on that night uh, when Roman was in Monaco, um, and Ranieri just lost the plot. Um, and you'd have to say, as much as I didn't really like Ranieri as a manager. Um, you couldn't blame him. You know, it was the biggest, probably the biggest night of his professional life. And um, his boss was talking to somebody else about replacing him at the end of the season. Mm. So if that's what's happened to Sarri, then I, I don't actually blame him. Um, but I, I don't know. None of us know. Um, that there, there, there does seem to be a hell of a lot of speculation now about the fact that he's going to go, whether he wins it or not. All of the people, in, you know, are now saying it doesn't matter whether he wins the Europa League or not. Um, he's gone now. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, we're no doubt talk about Mr. Sarri in the next part. Um, and I shall keep my powder dry. Okay. Well, I mean, it's all very, as always with Chelsea. It's bloody. It's like reading a bloody Len Dayton novel or a John Le Carre novel. It's just just so full of plot, subplot, subterfuge. It's mental. But that's kind of why we love it. Let's be honest. Uh, it's never dull at Chelsea. Now, part two, as Clayton was uh, intimating, we are going to, uh, as I've called it, Sarri in, Sarri out, Sarri shake it all about. What on earth is going on with all of that? Uh, we'll, we'll carry on the theme about Chelsea's injury crisis with the uh, Europa final coming up. Uh, we're going to touch on the transfer madness, which, oh, how deep joy. Uh, the window opened on the 16th a few days ago. Uh, and what's happening with the transfer ban? Nobody seems to figure out what's going on with that. And uh, I will have yet another moan about bloody Baku. So there you go. We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Uh, 
Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, as ever, I'm joined by uh, people who are completely and utterly better than me, and they are, in no particular order, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Stridge, that is a lie. You know that. You're going to sue me? Why? I don't know. If I'm lying, you can sue me. (laughs) No, but... I'm complimenting you. Why would I, know, I sue you? I know. I'm pulling your leg, you silly old sausage. Um, anyway, yeah, we've got Jonathan, uh, and we've also got Clayton Beerman. Hello. And I've just found a, a, a hole in my favourite Fred Perry uh, polo shirt. I'm very upset, you know, and I've been wearing it all day. So have you, been it? have you been fingering it? Well, no, because it's no, it's kind of just you know, you, you know the. It's hard to explain. You know, the, the, it's a short sleeve one, obviously, as a polo shirt, and it's 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 a, the sleeve is kind of coming away from the bit under the arm. I'm very yes. upset. Know it well. Know it well. I'm very it's upset. Some of my favourite t-shirts yeah. that's, that's happened to. Yeah. Yeah, in the no, bin, in the bin they go. I, I know it's going to have to go now. I mean, you know, it's kind of really odd because you know I've lost all this weight, uh, yeah. so I can now fit into stuff that I haven't been able to fit into for a number of years. So I've kind of suddenly my wardrobe was expanded again, and 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 now the the mistress of fashion is taking it away from me. I don't know if I can cope. Anyway, uh, we, we should carry on with the football rather than Chidge's fashion tips. Um, okay, so we were kind of talking about this in part one, really. I mean, you know, Loftus Cheek. Hudson Adoy both done their Achilles. Bit weird that they should do it, uh, you know, within the space of a month or so. We've already got Rudiger out with a knee injury. We've got Ampadu out with a back injury, and of course, Kante's got uh, a hamstring injury. I've seen lots of very interesting uh, kind of reports. People don't, again, as ever, seem to know what's going on. But there are some people wondering if our, our proclivity to injuries because let's face it Chelsea usually had a really either good record with injuries or a lucky record with injuries depending on where you you come from but people are wondering whether it has anything to do with the fact that Sarri has basically chosen for a very from a very small core of players who therefore may have been overworked and also may um you know, be and also the pressing game that the, that he's trying to get them to play and you know if Kante for example kind of doing two roles as opposed to the well he did two roles before to be fair but he's having to do a lot of covering back as well as charging up the field people are wondering if it has something to do with Sarri's training methods uh, his playing style uh, his lack of squad rotation um I, I, I mean what do you think Jonathan I've got my own strong view on this actually but I'd be interested to hear what you think well it was didn't Frank Lampard when he played his what did he play 180 consecutive games I can't remember how many he did yeah about um, wouldn't it the, the theory was, was that um, in his theory was, uh, uh, did he do it under Ancelotti? I can't remember um, when he did that. Yeah, maybe. Um, thank you. Well, but it, it, so it was, yeah, go on. No, you tell me, when was it? Do you remember? No, I, th- it, I think it straddled uh, both Jose and Ancelotti. Ancelotti. But his, the theory was that, that he was, his fitness, he was so fit that he just didn't get injured. And so you worry that whether this is associated with a lack of fitness rather than a lack of overtraining. Um uh, but he sort of skipped through stuff, didn't he? But uh, as I say, if you know, if you if you've got a shit pitch and you get your studs caught, you know, there's not not much you can do. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's all very peculiar. Um, but you'd have thought with the the top notch um, health people they've got involved there and training staff that this should be up with medical staff. Even this should be uppermost in their thoughts as to why there's been these. Uh, these injuries, whether it's just, I think that it's a coincidence for Rudiger. I think you've just seen, well, didn't he? No, he didn't. He didn't get injured even in the midst of a tackle, did he? He got injured um, 
did he did he did he was he just running and it went i can't remember he was he tried to run it off didn't he foolishly um uh, hamstring injuries are always uh, you're always suspicious there's been too much training going on um and poor old Ampadu seems to have had a non-season, hasn't he? Because uh, mm. he's been constantly injured. Because we we were thinking, well, Ampadu would always come in for the champions for the uh, Europa League, and he didn't. He didn't. He hardly played at all during that. And I think there was a theory now that he's going to go on loan because he's hardly been playing. Um, but uh, I, I, they surely must be on top of this. But it, uh, it it's so easy to once again we're we're speculating, not knowing exactly what's going on. Um, behind the scenes, it, 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 it may just be complete bad luck. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, mate. I, I, you know, I think the only the only injury you can really, you know, point the finger at Sarri for is Kante's hamstring, and I think even he he admitted that he fessed up to that, saying, you know, actually perhaps he was tired and he knew it and he shouldn't have played him, and that you can do your hamstring under those circumstances. But I think, you know, as we've said before, I think Achilles injuries can happen at any time. Training, you name it, they can happen. Rudiger has got an issue with his knee anyway. So that was almost like an aggravation of a pre-existing issue. Um, Ampadu, I've no idea. Bad luck, I suppose. But I I, I don't know anything about Ampadu. I mean, I I even got it wrong when when we talked about it last Friday. So I can't can't say about that one. What what occurs to me, though, uh, Clayton, this might make you giggle, certainly might make Tony giggle, who's listening in... uh, in um in Mixler, but uh, maybe it's just another uh, another road down the Arsenalification of Chelsea because of course Arsenal would always get injuries, wouldn't they? Because of I think it was that their their training pitches were too hard or something. Yeah, no, that that's um that's right. So, but I don't think we can blame that. I think I think it is just bad luck. I mean, I don't we we as a club, I think over the last. 10 15 years have been quite lucky with injuries we we haven't lost this amount of players i don't think um for a long long time now i mean i don't think rlc and cho they've both got the same or they both suffered the same injury so whether there's anything in the training regime that has basically made those muscles more susceptible i don't know i might be talking out of my backside because I don't I'm not a doctor um Rudiger's knee Rudiger we were gonna buy Rudiger I think a year earlier but he did his knee really badly so he's obviously got a problem with his knees one or the other uh the Ampadu thing I I did I think that happened in Wales when he was away with with Wales and Kante's just one of those things but Kante as far as I'm aware has not been injured in the whole time that he's been in England and he's now been injured twice with us. So you have to think that um, it's got to be down to some of the training and what have you. You have made me laugh because you're talking about Sarri's pressing game. Well, he might want a pressing game, but we don't press. You look at Man City, they press. We don't. Um, So I don't actually think you can put it down to pressing. What I do think you can put it down to um, is the the sort of the limited amount of players that he's willing to use um, during the season. Now, I think that um, part of the reason, I mean, I'm actually going to contradict myself, part of the reason why we actually probably made top three was because our squad was slightly fresher because we were using two different teams in the Europa League and the Premier League. Um, 
but I still think exclusion of certain players, uh, which we're not here to discuss, not really interested in that anymore. Um, I don't think that helps. Uh, I, I really don't. I, I think players need a bit of rest time mentally as well as anything else. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I... I, I... I think it's it's difficult to completely point the finger at Sarri. I think, but I I, it, I would it, like to blame him for everything. But yes, I'm I know that. Sure, I, I can. That. I know, I know. It's tempting, isn't it? But I'm just trying to be fair. I'm trying to mm-hmm. trying to be fair and impartial. Um, I mean, the one thing that occurs to me, Jonathan, is that uh, whoever's to blame for it, um, we are now without. I would say, well, if if we don't have Rudiger, Kante, and Ruben Loftus Cheek for the final in Baku. I would say that's that's robbed us of three automatic starters. That cannot be good, can it? Well, you you don't know what Arsenal team turn up though, do you? Because they can be very poor um, away, um, uh, and it may be that um, Pedro and William play out of their skin and we score early. You don't. I mean, it's a final, isn't it? So. Well, you know, you know what I, I as you will know because you've got the script. But I'd also put in brackets actually echoes of Munich because if you remember. We yeah. were without JT, and we had Gary Cahill and David Luiz basically on one leg each, weren't they? Which, which meant that the, Luiz couldn't do any fancy stuff. Well, that's and true. Cahill was, was, <laughs> and Cahill was tied to him as a consequence. You know, they were wonderful. It was a wonderful... Took a bloody good penalty on one leg, to be fair, didn't he? <laughs> he did a wonderful penalty on one leg. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I've, you know, who we, what's he going to do? Is he going to play a, a, a Saturday a, a Premier League team, or is he going to play a... Um, Europa League team yeah. so in which case you know some of them might not uh, wouldn't be featuring anyway I was intrigued actually by Zappa Costa um, playing very well when he came on against uh, Eintracht and seemed to fit in much more than he had done before so you wonder whether in fact because and also because uh, Jorginho ended the season being able to tackle suddenly and looking more the complete midfielder whether in fact they'll all They'll all fly the flag, and they'll all they'll all come up to scratch, and uh, and we won't be hampered. We'll we'll pull something out of the bag because it is Chelsea after all. Mm. Tell, you, me, tell you, you know. what, Jake, uh, Mark, Mark, as in or- Aurelius thirteen. Of course, Mark uh, is obsessive about Chelsea and therefore knows far more about what's going on than any of us do. But he's actually said that Kante is back to full training today. Yeah, that was on the cards, yes. And I, I read about that as well. They thought he would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we shall see. And uh, obviously, we'll be talking all about uh, the Europa League final on this Friday's Love Sports show. And hopefully, uh, next Tuesday, I'm planning to do a show. As you all know, I can't do shows on Bank Holiday Mondays, okay, when we have a public holiday in England, because my wife forbids it. There's not much she forbids, to be fair. But she forbids the Chelsea fan cast happening on a bank holiday Monday. So there we go. So I'm hopefully going to do it on Tuesday. I haven't actually told anybody this yet, but uh, there you go. Um, right. Um, we'll talk about that later on, as I said. Now, uh, it's the transfer window has opened uh, this week, which is uh, or last week, in fact, which is causing a lot of consternation to uh, Chelsea supporters because, of course, we're under the impression that we can't actually do anything because, of course, we're supposed to be under this flaming ban. But I think what we what we know already is that, uh, and I think this is interesting, I think we can all assume that Hazard's off, but we've already retained Louise uh, on a juicy contract for somebody who's over 30, which has caused a bit of ire among people. And I gather now, Clayton, that Giroud has also been... Uh, they, they've triggered the option, haven't they, to, uh, to sign him up. Of course, he could, he could always go. He, you know, he could still decide to... Because I think, I think uh, 
Is it is it Monaco? Who is it that Gilles Gramondi's the uh, director of football at? It's some French team, anyway. Whatever. Um, yeah, he could go there, for example. So it doesn't mean he'll stay. But I think we've we've kind of you know triggered the option to keep him, which I don't think is a bad idea. Um, and there seems to be all sorts of speculation about whether Sarri's keen to to keep hold of Higuain, although he has he's actually said he wants to keep hold of Higuain, and of course Kovacic, which I think would be enough to have most Chelsea sports tear their hair out. So it's a bit hard to know what's going on, really, isn't it, Clayton? Yeah, I mean, I, I've read, like all of us, that, that um, Chelsea have extended or, or exercised the option to extend uh, Giroud's contract for a year. Um, I'm not unhappy with that. I think he's a, a really good squad player. Um, it's I, I don't know whether if there was certainty as to whether we could um, transfer in and out, whether, whether we would have done that. I don't know. Um, it's, it's very difficult because it, it seems to be so up in the air. Um, Sarri's keen to sign Higuain and Kovacic. I think we will sign Kovacic because of what's happened to um, poor old Ruben. I think that that's inevitable. Um, I'm not as down on Kovacic as, as a lot of our fans are. I think the biggest uh, me problem, neither. I think the biggest problem with Kovacic is the fact that he shouldn't ever play in the same team as um Jorginho. Jorginho, thank you, Jonathan. Um because there there's basically no pace in midfield and there's no goals. I think if either one of those is playing on their own, I have no problem. But if they're both playing together, I think that's uh, that's not so clever. Um, Weirdly, yeah. the, the sub I would do for Kovacic, rather than being Barkley, would be Jorginho, because I think he can play in that position, actually. And he then doesn't have to shoot because he's playing further back, Kovacic. Because uh, yeah. I, I think Whenever. he played quite well in a few games when Jorginho wasn't there. Yeah, well, that, that's my point. I think that he is the one, and I actually think that that's what Sarri thinks, that he is the backup um, for Jorginho and Jorginho doesn't play. I think, you know, this comes on to a bigger problem is that we've got precisely no goals in midfield. Um, if Ruben's playing, then obviously he scored quite a few goals in the, in the games that he's been playing. Um, so I think Next it's quite... Season, they've got to get Mount. Mount was, was fantastic for Derby the other day. Fantastic. He's basically, um, you would have read like everybody else, that we have um, applied for yes. his uh, visa to go to Japan pre-season. Yeah. So there's obviously no doubt that he's coming back. Now, whether that means he's coming back with his current boss, I don't know. Um, but um, that that's good news. So, you know, whether Derby go up or not, um, he's coming back, and I think that's very encouraging. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's. I think I tell you what, you know, what pisses me off most is the fact there's just no clarity or, or certainty with what's going on, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I would like to know one way or another, you know. And, and as I've said before, actually, I wouldn't have much of a problem per se with having a transfer ban because I just think it's the only way things might change at the club in terms of you know their expectations and perhaps being able to really blood some of the, the youngsters through whether whether Sarri's the right manager for us in a transfer ban situation is a moot point but I also think it's the other moot. thing not moot at well, all well not for you but uh, <laughs> for some people it's moot but look I mean the the other problem of course is that if we do have the transfer ban and I actually think that's what we're seeing at the moment I think we're seeing that the club are either 
And I'm going to go into this in more detail in a minute because I've got Matt Law's article about it open, which is a good uh, analysis of what's going on. But I think what we're seeing at the moment is that the club expect not to get the transfer ban overturned. And that means, I mean, you know, so, so you know, signing up Louise for another two years, who four years ago they would have probably said piss off. Signing up Giroud for another year, four years ago they would have said piss off. You know, we've already got a, a, an ageing squad. I mean, you've, you know, William, Pedro, Aspilicueta will all be 30 very soon. Um, there are arguments about Alonso too. Emerson, we're not sure if he's good enough. The same could be said about Zappacosta. Drinkwater, who? I mean, you know, what I worry about is that if we get the transfer ban confirmed, Chelsea are going to keep signing up all these players that actually a few years ago we would have all quite liked to have seen the back of and a bit of new blood coming in. What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, uh, just to, to, to talk about Higuain, I've read several articles saying that the club um, felt that it had been a d- disaster. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and weren't going to have anything to do with him. And and that I haven't read anything that. That, that that Sarri wanted Higuain to stay, though um, his big thing is a, about him getting better in the second season. I think he said it was you know you need to get. Used well, he's, to the apparently he's he's as good as Suarez, mate. Apparently, according to Sarri. That's what he said. That's right. That's what he said. Yeah. Whereas. Uh, um, his his complete apparent lack of movement is is something I don't think he'll ever improve unless somebody prods him with a cattle prod on on the pitch itself. Um, but um, uh, they surely surely can't keep the, these people. They've surely got to to get to transfer some of them. I mean, uh, you know, drink water. Uh, uh, I suppose the trouble is, what, how long is his contract? That's the thing. If he just wants to hang on and not do anything, he's going to be earning. You know, a ludicrous amount of money. It's worse than Winston Bogard. Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah. But he will just hang on. He doesn't need to go. It'll be like, um, what's his face at Sunderland? The other chap. Um, um, Rodwell. Rodwell, absolutely. Yeah, who just saw his contract out. And then what's he joined? Reading now, I think. Has he gone to Reading or somewhere similar? Um, yeah. and, uh, uh, and he was quite happy on 40 grand a week. He didn't have to leave. And they were trying to somehow persuade him from a kind of, um, you know, do the do the on, honest thing because that was on that uh, documentary. Um, you know, I, I try and persuade him that it was good for the club, and he's thinking, I don't care about the club. I've contracted um, forty yeah. grand a week for nine months. I'll get it. Thanks very much. So Drinkwater must be doing the same. But surely they can find a place for Drinkwater, or is it that just that he isn't good enough? I mean, we've always felt that when he did no, come, no, play Jonathan, well. no, he, he is good enough. He is good. He might not be top of the tree, but he's good enough. He won the league. He did. You know, played he, very he, well. Played very, very he, well. He played first. next to Kante. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that he's not even given... I mean, this is one of the things that really wound me up about Sarri, is the fact that when he came in, he said, I'm not interested in transfers. I like to develop players. Yeah. Why aren't you using drink water? Because he can't play in a two. Well, bloody train him to play in the two. Develop him, yeah. Well, you same know, with Cahill. This, same, yeah, it's this exactly the same with Cahill. International. Yeah. So you we know. know that they're good enough. I mean, Drinkwater and Cahill are good enough. But he says, well, they can't play my kind of football, so they're just going to be completely ostracised. That's not none good of, management. None of them could play his style of football in the well, end. Could they, really? Well, Jonathan, nail on flaming head, my son. Um, listen, let, let's try and get our noodles around this bloody... Cass appeal thing because I mean you know I thought you know like last week Chelsea had actually uh, decided to take the you know because basically FIFA uh, you know 
upheld their original decision when when Chelsea appealed it. And of course, Chelsea had the option to go and appeal this to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. All right. Um, I now now understand from Matt Law, amongst other people, that they they haven't actually done that uh, because they've not actually applied to to CAS to suspend the ban while the appeal is being considered with the club. So, I mean, apparently there's there's some kind of strategy that the club are uh, trying to impart here, which is basically, in a sense, not contest it and allow it to start. In other words, it's kind of better for the ban to start later, as in, well, because basically Cass won't hear it until July. So apparently that gives them most of the transfer window to buy some players. So it's all it's all unbelievably complicated. I still can't get my head around quite what's going on. Um, but there you go. I mean, here we go. While, I'll just read a couple of bits out of this. Well, while it would seem obvious uh, that Chelsea would try to have their ban frozen to allow them to sign players this summer, no matter the result of their appeal, there is a counter-theory. Some sources have floated the idea that Chelsea may be better to start serving their ban if lawyers believe that they will not be able to get it completely overturned. And the reason for that is that they think that some of their targets will be harder to get this summer than they might be next summer. Confused? You will be. I mean, Clayton, have you got any idea what's going on? Um, yeah, isn't the theory that basically they're hoping that it's not down to one transfer window? And so if they don't appeal, um, well, they have appealed it. What they haven't appealed is it's for, it to be frozen. Um, the, the thing to be suspended. Yeah. That's That's what's the confusion is so they're basically not saying we want this suspended they're just basically going ahead with the appeal because i think i don't i don't know maybe they know maybe they know that they're going to get it knocked down to maybe one transfer window and if we don't sign anybody then we've served that transfer window and then we can sign players in december Mm. none of that makes any sense whatsoever I, i didn't understand you at all though actually clayton no, what I'm saying is, so basically, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're appealing against yeah. a decision. Yeah? yeah. But haven't we done that already? Yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah, we've done it twice, but now we're going to the final court. It's like going yeah. from the Cass, you know okay. the high court to yeah. the House yeah. of yeah. Lords, and now yeah. we're at the House of Lords. Yeah. So basically, we're at the final, final stage of where we can appeal. Yeah. And I, so what they haven't done is in conjunction with that appeal they haven't asked for a suspension of the ban until the appeal has been heard which i think is two separate things and i don't think they've done that and i think that perhaps what they're doing is they're saying well fine you know we know we're going to get some sort of transfer ban but we may get it overturned to just one window right and they would have then served that one window if it's not heard till after july July, right? Maybe. Right. I don't, I'm so not quite sure. They're, they're, they're not going to buy anybody. They're not going to buy anybody at all in the. So they're not going to buy anybody. They've got Pulisic coming in. They're going to extend a couple of contracts. They're going to take back, you know, two or three of the loan players. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, which some some of which will will definitely strengthen our squad, um, and then hope that it, the ban gets cut to one window and we would have served that and then in December if we can or if necessary we'll go out and buy some players mm. 
Still all very confusing, but, you know, I mean, one has to accept, I mean, you know, if, if there's one thing that the club has got a lot of, it might not be footballing knowledge, but they've got a lot of bloody lawyers on that board, so, you know, yeah. perhaps they know what they're doing, JK. But that, the trouble is that theory wouldn't help the Champions League, though, would it? It wouldn't help the squad for the Champions League if we were depleted. No. Whereas we could buy several players if we were allowed to be in this transfer window, Um who uh, would then contribute to the Champions League, and then well, and then they could be out of it. You know, they need to get a couple of really top players for that. that yeah, but on, on the other hand, Jonathan, you know, yes. maybe the club will take a, an Arsenal view of the Champions League next season, which is that they'll hope to get to the last thirty-two, and then and then <laughs> and then duck out. You know, or maybe the last sixteen actually, because that means they avoid having to drop into the Europa League. Or is that true? Or am I talking arse? Yeah, there? you're right. Right, you're right. But yeah. I think you get about seventy million, don't you, for getting that yeah. far. Yeah, they'll get the money, they'll be happy with that, and they'll do an Arsenal, piss off the, you know... That's a terribly negative view of it, though, Chidge, isn't it? Well, I'm a cynic. I agree with you, I agree. But but do you not think that part part of me doesn't want the ban frozen in, you know, subject to the appeal? Because we have a habit, I mean, if we are basically supermarket sweep shopping, we'll just, you know, because there'll be a real panic and try and get in a bunch of crud, you know, which we'll pay over the top for because everybody will know that we're desperate. Um, and the whole sort of that cleansing, which we, we hope that sort of that, that just let's take stock, let's reboot. That's the word that you use, Chidge, that that reboot happens because you look at some of those players coming back and you talked about Mason Mount, you've got Tamori um, and you've got Zuma, both really, really good defenders. You've got Reese James coming back. Um, you've got Tammy Abrahams and Batshuayi coming back. I think in all of, in all of the lone lone and the youth players, the one thing that we really do miss is, is some quality up front. But as far as I'm concerned, Batshuayi and Tammy Abrahams, however bad they may be, and I don't think they are bad. I don't think they're. I don't think they're top draw. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're the best out there, but they're better than the crap we've got playing at the moment. To be perfectly honest, and you know, who knows? Who knows if if we are getting some goals from midfield, then it won't highlight the paucity of, of strikers as much mm. as it does at the moment. Well, I, I totally agree. As I said before, I, I just, I, you know, get on with it. Let's have the ban. We don't want it, but, you know, it's going to happen probably. So have it. And as I said, I see it like you, Clayton. It's the only chance I think we'll generally have to have a reboot uh, and actually try and get some of these youngsters uh, through, you know, and I think maybe we'll, we'll, we'll reap the benefit of that going forward. My only worry, of course, is uh, I'm not convinced that Sarri... Is the is the right man to do that because I just don't think I just don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to want to. I mean, you know, if he can if he can dismiss players, you know, like Cahill and so on and so forth, because they won't play his kind of football, it just doesn't bode well. If he just he could look at half of those players, well, they're not they're not going to be able to play my football, and that'll be it. Having said that, of course, you know, to be fair to him, and I know you can't stand me being fair to him, Clayton, but he did play uh, Loftus Cheek more than any other manager has done, and he did. Okay, perhaps on sufferance, but he did play Hudson Adoy, so who knows? Maybe I've got that wrong. Um, right, I'm going to ignore talking about Baku this week because I've been bleating on about it for ages. I'm pissed off. I think it's outrageous. 
I think UEFA are the real enemy of football and I hate them. I'm not particularly happy with Chelsea, who have done absolutely diddly squat to help the supporters get over there. They didn't even release a PR statement like Arsenal did to at least have a go at UEFA. They've not been very good at all. Um, And I'm not surprised that we probably won't sell our allocation out. Uh, If you want to know how I feel about it, there's an article that went up this evening on Twitter uh, from football.london, from Chelsea, the Chelsea bit. Uh, so if you want to really know how I think about it, then go and read that. But I'm I'm bored of talking about it. Um, and I think I think we sure. can wait. We, hang on a minute. We can wait to, to talk about how important it might be to win the final when we actually preview it next week. But Jonathan, you're about to say something. I've just wondered whether they were had been advised not to rattle the UEFA. Well, yeah, good point, uh, mate. Good point. Of the, uh, of the the transfer ban. Well, no, but that's got nothing to do with UEFA. That's a FIFA ban, not well, UEFA ban. That's a FIFA ban, is it? Well, yeah. anyway, but but... You wonder whether, you know, I don't know what's going on. Once again, what's going on, whether that's it wasn't p- politic to uh, to have a go at UEFA. May and, well be the case. Good point. Very yeah. good point. Very good point. Uh, but anyway, that can all wait. Uh, you know, we can perhaps dip into it again next week uh, when we preview the final itself. Because I think there's a more natural segue there, given what I've just been ranting about. Um, which is, uh, you know, where we are with Sarri, because there's some absolutely bonkers rumours going on at the moment, um, which I'll get into in a minute, because, you know, I think the first thing uh, is, you know, obviously we finished third, which we didn't expect. Um, We got into two finals, you know. uh, We were very unlucky. I mean, having seen uh, Watford get absolutely humped by City, on Friday, I think mean, we did quite well in the League Cup. Um, I mean, in many respects, you could say it's been quite a successful season. Um, but I think there's the jury's out as, as to as to how much credit is due to Sarri. Before before I ask you two what you think of this, I'm gonna. I, I found this brilliant bit uh, in Football Three Six Five last week, uh, basically going through all their kind of seasons winners and losers, um, and they they actually decided to have Sarri as a winner in the season. And this is what they said. I'm just going to read this out because I thought this is really well put. Um, If you're one of the most famously dogmatic managers in world football, the result cannot be the only king. Sarri has struggled to implement his Sarri ball. Some of the league victories have been highly fortuitous and some of the football pretty wretched. Sarri has displayed odd uh, loyalty to certain Chelsea players and been parsimonious in giving minutes to others. Many Chelsea supporters believe that any progress has been achieved in spite of their manager rather than because of him. Eden Hazard FC? Pretty close at times. But now for the defence. Chelsea appointed a manager they knew was dogmatic three weeks before their first match of the season and tasked him with taking a team that finished five points outside the top four back into the Champions League via any route necessary. They gave Sarri one permanent signing who fit his vision and the manager has been forced to deal with the fans, chanting against his style and senior players drip-feeding their displeasures to the media. Off the back of those problems, Sarri has taken Chelsea back into the top four, has them in the Europa League final and took them to a domestic final thanks to a victory at Anfield, the only one this season, we should say. If there are if there are indeed problems to solve this summer, Sarri has proven that he merits the patience of a second season. That's particularly true given the issues facing Chelsea. They have an ageing squad, David Luiz, Olivier Giroud, Pedro, William and Cesar Azpilicueta will all be 30 or above by the end of August. One of their best players in their history is almost certain to leave and there's a transfer ban hanging over the club. Even if Chelsea is successful in delaying the ban until the end of the summer window, they do not need to be spending precious time looking for a new manager. Now, i tell you why I read that out. Apart from the fact that I thought it's quite well put, it was written by somebody who is not a Chelsea supporter. So therefore, it doesn't have the, you know, the emotional entanglement, entanglement even that a lot of us do. Uh, but ha- that having been said... Uh, 
I'm going to I'm going to ask Clayton first, Jonathan, because I kind of think I know what he's going to say. Um, you know, does he deserve a bit of credit? Can the season be seen as as a success, or does it all hinge on winning the Europa League? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it depends on um, whether we win the Europa League or not. To be perfectly honest, um, I, I look at it in quite simplistic terms. To be perfectly honest with you, I I look at what we have done this season. I mean, the reason why Conte left was because he fell out with the board, and it was a great shame. Um, but that was that. You know what he did was inexcusable, but what the board did was equally inexcusable. So they're both as bad as each other. So the point is that we had Conte, and people say, "Well, you've got to give Sarri another season." Well, Conte came in, saw things weren't working, and changed them to spectacular effect. I haven't seen any improvement in the way we play. Um, at all now to give Sarri his due he basically didn't have a pre-season I don't know what other players he would like to have brought in um, but the majority of the squad that he had won the league two years previously he's basically um, produced a style of football which is just about part of the most well possibly some of the most turgid I've seen in years um, I cannot actually see what he's trying to do. I haven't seen what he's trying to do, and I've looked really, really hard. Some of the games this year, and sort of as, as recently as the uh, the home semi final against Eintracht Frankfurt, was just abysmal. Um, I haven't, in all honesty, seen. And there may have been a couple of occasions that I missed, and if so, I apologise to him. I've not seen him change one game where we've been struggling or been losing. As far as I'm aware, we've only come back twice from uh, losing positions, both against Cardiff, and the second one was only down to an appalling linesman's decision. Um, I just don't see if he's given another year what is going to happen, what he's going to do differently. He's he's obviously a very stubborn man. He's very set in his ideas. He's very rigid in the way he wants to play. The only time, as far as I'm aware, or as far as I'm concerned, that we have basically played a different way to Sarri is when we beat Man City at home and when we beat Tottenham at home in the League Cup. We didn't play Sarri ball. We played high pressing, and, I, and, and to a certain extent, we did that a bit in the League Cup final. So whatever he's trying to do, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know what, what he's trying to play. Um, so that on top of a transfer ban, I don't. I wouldn't give him another year. Mm. Jonathan, uh, you you heard me read out that piece from Football Three Six Five, which, as I said, I thought was, was you know very interesting. You know, an interesting perspective as they're not Chelsea fans. I thought it was quite impartial, and I thought it was quite interesting. So, you know, what do you think of that? Because I mean, I know you know you you've really tried very hard to, you know, to see what he's trying to do and and to kind of support that for a lot of this season, haven't you? Yeah, 
Well, yeah, completely. I'm still utterly confused by how he's not managed to get them to change. Or, as you say, Clayton, I similarly scrutinise the, the games, thinking, what part of this has he been practising? What is this? Is the fact they've just suddenly put eight passes together very quickly? Is that what he gets them to do? Because that looks great, but then then they don't do it. I thought part of his game, as you said earlier, was this press, and they don't. They they started the press at the beginning of the season, it seemed to be working for them. And they don't do it anymore. So you think, well, hang on, City do it. And that, that I thought we were supposed to be trying to play like City. So I'm constantly confused as to what he is playing. And then the, the trouble is, is that when, since there's been doubt about him continuing on um, with the club, um, he's now connected with Juventus. And he was connected with Roma before. So they obviously, in Italy, think he's a fabulous manager. And the Napoli fans have all been holding up signs saying, please, can we have him back? Um, because they don't like Ancelotti. So there's clearly something about him, which I don't think we've seen. Uh, and I don't think he can manage to impart it to the players. I think there's a reason for not continuing with him. Um, so the very fact that both um, Giroud and Louise are still going to be there must be giving him kittens because he can't get either of them to play the way he wants them to, where he wants to. Um, and Giroud doesn't seem to be uh, the kind of, of of striker that he really requires, um, because he he seems to want a uh, you know a nippy Mertens type of player was the kind of it's why I thought Hazard might be a success playing that that position, but that never worked because Hazard wouldn't then come back. I mean, I, I, all things point to me to the fact that I don't think he'd mind if Hazard Hazard left because um, it, Hazard interferes with his great master plan. And I think there is a master plan. I just don't think that these players can play it. And I think I don't I don't think that they ever will. And so um, it would probably suit him if um, Zuma came back. If I don't even know if Zuma can play. I think he looked at him for for five minutes um, at the beginning of last season and thought, I'm not having him. He's not quick enough. So I don't know if any of these if any of the uh, um, the low knees would be good enough to implement this style. Um but uh, I mean, to me, I would now, I would now try. I, the fact that Allegri's free, I think, sounds like a a pretty reasonable um, fit. Um, but he similarly, he would insist on several new players, wouldn't he? He'd insist on his own players, so that maybe the transfer ban then then forces us to carry on with Sarri. And in which case, there is always the hope. I have this hope with Sarri that he will come up with something that we will look at a team next year and think, that that's what he was trying to do. Ah, I get it now, because it hasn't happened this year. Um, but it did a bit at the beginning. This is where there's always the hope. It was the press, the constant passing of the ball, and then they were sussed when they put players on Jorginho. And I wonder whether the, the team itself got a kind of became rather fearful um, of attempting to play his way. And he, in the end, gave in to a kind of compromise with them, which is to play half and half. And in the end, it just disappeared. So they didn't press... Um, and they didn't. They passed the ball well in moments, but uh, I didn't see any particularly, as you said, Clayton, outstanding football um, uh, at all, other than those three games where they didn't play, didn't play it. Man City, Spurs, and Man City in the final. So, um, but I, I still have this 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 lingering hope that suddenly next season, after he's had a preseason with all these these low knees, that he comes in with a side that play 
completely beyond our expectations and we fall in love with him. But I think that's a fairy tale. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I, you know, I think it's a really good point, actually, that you make, that, that, that they absolutely love him in Italy. Um, but I'm not kind of surprised by that. I mean, you know, he did OK in Italy, didn't he? I mean, you know, he never won anything, but he, 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 he did a bit of a Tottenham and put the pressure on Juventus. But, of course, they did play this blindingly, uh, you know, amazing football by all accounts. But apparently I, I didn't watch Napoli because I support Chelsea, so I, I wouldn't know. Did you but watch Napoli, Chich? No, I didn't watch Napoli, amazingly oh. enough. Um, but, um, you know, but they see, they like that in, in Italy, you know. They're much more into systems and shit like that in Italy than, than we are over here. You know, we, we, we don't really care about all that. I mean, I'm, I'm just, a, I mean, this is my point. My point is, is that he may well be a good manager, you know, uh, he may well be capable of winning something, but I, I don't think he's a good manager per se here. Or when I say a good manager here, I don't think he's the kind of manager that we're used to. In other words, you know, we're used to, you know, managers winning stuff. Now, of course, the, the comeback on that is that, you know, right here, right now, where we are competing uh, with Liverpool and Man City right at the top of the table, and we're way behind them. Who you know? Who on earth could be fine to to compete with them if we don't have the money to 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 spend on the kind of players that we could get who could compete? So it's a. I think it's a really complicated argument. I don't think it's black and white at all. I mean, I think I think you know. Bottom line is, you know, his objective before the start of the season would have been to uh, get into the top four, uh, get Champions League football because that's massively important to the club and. Uh, and you know, and and maybe pick up a trophy. We we may well do that. How how can you say that that is not a successful season, given that that's probably what his objective was? My my uh, my belief is that his undoing will be his uh, you know his style as a manager, and I think that the club don't like the fact that you know uh, that, that there's no relationship with the fans at all. You know, there's not much of a relationship with him, I think, as we saw in the States, you know, that he, he didn't kind of play ball there. And the club, you know, are mindful of that. You know, they they don't like it when people aren't turning up and it's all a bit toxic. They really don't. It's happened before and they, they, they act. So, you know, he may well be a very good manager, but maybe he's just not right for Chelsea. I also wonder whether actually when push comes to shove, he's really cut out for the Premier League because I think it is a very different league I mean, whatever the rights and wrongs are of that one can discuss at length but it is different from Serie A and all the other leagues as well um, arguably it's a lot more competitive and you know you, you do need to adapt you do need to be pragmatic if you're going to succeed in this uh, my final point on it is just a personal one I, I, I just cannot for the life of me and maybe this is me, you know, I'm I'm getting on a bit, you know, I'm in my 50s. Maybe I just don't get this like a lot of people do, but I cannot understand what this bloody fascination, almost obsession is with fucking philosophies. Who gives a shit, you know? I mean, is it is it because I'm of a generation that didn't play FIFA 18 and I'm not mildly Asperger's, therefore I don't understand modern football, I don't know. I don't care about systems and bloody tactics and philosophies i just like to see my teams play well put it in and 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 compete for things and hopefully win a few things but you know i'm i'm fully prepared to to accept that you know that's my opinion and i could be a man out of time and maybe things have moved on but uh 
personally, I think um, you know, I think he's done all right. Actually, to be fair to him, I think he needs to. He does deserve a bit of credit to, for what he's achieved. Um, but I just don't think he's right for Chelsea. But you know, that's just my opinion. So there you go. Um, what I'd like to do is to move, uh, pick up on what Jonathan and Clayton were both saying, really, because there has been some bizarre rumours going on. Uh, not least that uh, that uh, well now Juventus want him. Roma did want him, but apparently. As they said, there's quite a clamour for him to go back to Italy, where he is loved and appreciated. There's musings as to whether Allegri will come to Chelsea, which I don't think... I, I, frankly, I don't want another bloody dogmatic Italian. I could do without that. Of course, there's been a lot of talk from the supporters for quite a while about bringing in Lampard and Morris, particularly if we have a transfer ban, which I think would be a good idea if we had a transfer ban. Uh, and apparently that the club are open to that. It's, I mean, as always with Chelsea, massive amounts of rumours, aren't there, Clayton? Yeah, I mean, I've been banging on about the whole sort of Frank and Jody thing for ages, as you know. Um, I think if we do have a transfer ban, I can't think of two better people to, to be in there. Now, everybody is saying, look, Frank's obviously a bit special, and, and this all came up um, following the, the win at Leeds because he did something which Sarri wouldn't do in a month of Sundays, and that was take somebody off in the first half of a game because it wasn't working because the point is that and this is not sorry bashing it's it's from what i've seen it's 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 fact um that basically sorry won't change things and if he does change things it's all to fit into the system so he'll take one player off and replace him with another and they'll all play in the same way frank has basically look He's a brand new manager. He took somebody off in, I think it was about the 35th minute or something like that because it wasn't working and it immediately paid dividends and they went on to win the game. He changed the style completely. Yeah. Him. He just changed how they were playing. And, yeah. and long it worked. Yeah. It worked. Now, the, the thing is that everybody's saying, there seems to be a, a, a fear that people don't want Frank because the club's in supposedly such a mess they don't want him to walk into this mess and to be booted out in a couple of years time as this failure etc etc i don't think frank will fail because i think frank's a winner that's that's the first thing i think he'll make more of the resources that we've got than our current manager but the point is viali viali had not managed he got picked mid-season didn't he Pullet had never managed. Um, Jose had obviously managed, but I think Frank's the same age as Jose. I'm not comparing those two because obviously Frank's got a long, long way to, to get anywhere near that. But the point is that I don't think that if you are a true supporter of Chelsea, if you care about the club, you love Frank. And if Frank comes in and fails... And Frank goes, I'll still love Frank. Yeah. Because what he's done. You know, a, a perfect example of this is John Hollins. John Hollins was a very, very popular player and a lovely, lovely man. And by the time he left, we, we all would have paid his taxi fare because he'd made such an absolute dog's breakfast of, of the manager's job. Indeed. Yes. But do I hate John Hollins? Of course I don't. Absolutely not. The guy's a legend and will continue to be a legend. You know, so 
I, I'm, and I've said it a million times. Yes, I'm naive. But as no, far but as I'm concerned. Also, Clayton, you've you've hit on the fact that he would be perfect for the club, but also he's a he's a fantastic PR model for the club, because he's a winning personality. He's won so many trophies for for us, and 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 uh, he is he's a, an excellent communicator and unbelievably enthusiastic. And the problem with with Sarri, he's an eccentric, and he's such an eccentric. That an, an angry eccentric. He seems to be constantly angry about everything and dismissive. And the only way that they can get your love and attention is by being fantastically successful. And he's not. And therefore, you pick holes in the fact that he's disgusting and looks like a uh, supposedly looks like a tramp and and isn't the kind of person you want running the club because he's not enthusiastic and he's he he doesn't he's a PR disaster, Sarri. That is the the problem, and the Most, club don't like that. And, and well, well, let's well, you, of course, the club don't no, like. No, I'm I'm telling you, the club don't like. Yeah, it. absolutely. That's what well, I've heard. Well, indeed, therefore he'll be gone. For me, I can't really, and I agree completely that having Frank in would be unbelievably refreshing, and he it, it wouldn't matter to me I, I, if the club went through a couple of seasons not being wonderful. I have to say, I think with this group of players, I think Frank could make them play. They're all great. There are some great players there still as was proven in the Europa League. We were a Champion League side playing in the Europa League. Yeah, the squad. You know, but And it showed you how poor everybody else was in Europe. I know we had an easy draw, but at the same time, <clears throat> we, we outplayed people easily with our second team. You know, and so really, there is also the feeling that he's not getting the best, that Sarri still isn't, he isn't getting the best out of the squad, despite, despite as you said, Jim, saying that he could, he could make any player into fit his pattern, which clearly he can't do with them. So, uh, but no, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely come. It's having watched Derby the other day, I absolutely came round to the idea that Frank would be perfect because he, the, 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 the fact he turned them round after they were two nil down by changing him tactically and infused them with this. They, you saw players there, average players playing out of their skin for Derby, and you just thought, bloody hell, this he really has got something. I know it's Championship, but if he if he gets a squad of better players, he'd have at Chelsea. I think he could do the same thing. Well. I do too. I mean, I, I think, you know, I've, I've got to be honest with you. I think that the key for me is, is is the transfer ban in a sense, because I think that's, we all want, you know, if, if Frank was to come in, we do want him to have a, you know, a little bit of leeway. And I think having the transfer ban will, A, allow that leeway. And I think Jody Morris is key to this, of course, because yeah. he knows the youth players. And I think it's the best chance we've got to really genuinely bring some of these younger players through in an environment where, it's less cutthroat than it normally would be. In other words, the demand to go and win the bloody title and a trophy every year and all of that uh, would would be too much pressure. Um, but what I would say as well, I mean, the, the second, I think the other thing is very important, and I think this is perhaps what the club are, you know, thinking as well is that, you know, whether you like it or not, Frank gets the club. Now, I, I, I get all the, you know, see, see so many comments saying, well, what's that supposed to mean? Well. Clearly, the club think it's important. Uh, the supporters that go, you know, week in, week out, think it's important. It's about that connection that you have with it, and maybe that's why a lot of people that I see on Twitter, you know, perhaps who don't have that connection, don't get it or, or understand it or want it particularly. But irrespective of who the club appoint, if they do get rid of Sarri, and in fact, you could make this argument about when they appointed Sarri, and I, this is where I do agree with Benji Toe, which is whoever is the manager of Chelsea 
is doomed to failure unless the board support them. And when I say support them, you know, give them the resources that they need or or don't give them the resources that they need because they can't, but actually, you know, enable them to do their job in an environment where they don't feel they're going to get sacked because they can't deliver the impossible. And I don't think that matters who the manager is. I mean, you could say that with Sarri. I mean, has, has Sarri really been backed I mean if, if, if he wants to impart this great philosophy that he has and he needs specific players to do that he's hardly been given the tools to do the job particularly if he doesn't think that half of the team are up to it so you know that the, you know that there needs to be a level playing field and I think that means that the board and the club need to back whoever the manager is and one could make the argument saying that they didn't really support or back Sarri I don't know what you think about that Clayton uh, I don't know what he wanted, to be perfectly honest. And, and and the point is, how can you? You can't really sort of talk about backing the manager when he basically comes in sort of three minutes before the season starts. I don't know who he wanted in the uh, January transfer window, if anybody. Um, so it's it's difficult. I mean, you know, to say he wasn't backed, I don't know. Perhaps if we're not. Well, banned. I think I think it's pretty clear that he wasn't because you know the club. I mean, this this is, and you know the club. I mean, yeah. this is completely typical of their thinking, isn't it? You know, Roman decides he wants to have this wonderful attacking football, yeah. which he's been. You know, he he's been trying to make us Barcelona light for years. So he, he he tells the board this. Marina goes running around saying, "Well, who who in Europe plays the most attractive football that everybody loves and has a philosophy like Guardiola does and like yeah. Klopp has and like Pochettino? Oh, it's it's Sarri. Let's hire him." Yeah. And it says, "Here you go. You can manage Chelsea, and we want you to play attractive football." Well, can I have uh five, maybe six decent players that can? Oh no, you know. So you know that's what I mean. And this okay. is what Chelsea do. You know, you're gonna they, have to they, hand sh- over to Jonathan. I just need to do something you'll be back in a second all right okay i mean jonathan i mean am am i wrong here am i am i wrong here or am i completely off the wall um yeah i don't know what he uh, would the only backing he wanted he thought he could buy higuain and that was um uh, and that would change the season completely didn't he so i think he was he was happy about the player he got um because he thought that as did i as did we all we thought based on Higuain's scoring record from two seasons before uh, for Napoli, he would set the Premier League alight. Little did we know we'd have this um, this old fart wandering about. So uh, uh, he was back that way, wasn't he? Because that's not been cheap. Uh, and they had the opportunity to buy the other boy who went um, in the other direction to uh, to Milan, who's been a success over there. Um, so... Uh, but uh, no, but as Chidge, as you said, he, he he created a rod for his own back by saying he didn't um, he, he he could he could make a, a team out of the players he had. Mm, indeed, uh, indeed. I think you know we we can draw this under a conclusion because, of course, as always with Chelsea, we have no idea what's going on. But I'm going to read out. I mean, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on in Mixler. Uh, from Babatunde, our old friend Babatunde, the Cahill hater. Uh, he says, hold up, hold up. Sarri is a PR disaster for a club who hired Mourinho twice, who hired Benitez, a guy who clearly hated all things Chelsea, a club who is still having court cases with a manager who won them their last EPL. Uh, I think he means the Premier League. I think, Chidge, you need to get an international fan on your panel because I believe most English fans see things only one way. Um, that's a good point. I mean, you know, we could do that with Skype. Uh, you know, we could get international fans on. In fact, actually, this is a good point, uh, Baba. Um, ob- I mean, I'm going to tell you all about this in the next part, actually. But, uh, you know, summer break's coming up. 
uh, and I'm not averse to certainly for people on Patreon opening a few shows up, maybe just me and Jonathan, and get a few of you lot to to you know give us a call on Skype. So why not? I'm up for that. Um, but I would say, Baba, you know. The whole point of this podcast, I mean, other there are millions of Chelsea podcasts everywhere, the majority of which are done by international fans. So, you know, you can all, you know, sit in your own echo chamber and listen to those all day if you want. But, you know, this podcast was started in a pub uh, about a half a mile to a mile away from the ground by people who had been at the game and then did the podcast. That is its spirit. That is its ethos. And I'm not going to apologise for that. I'm not going to apologise for being English. I'm not going to apologise for having lived in Chelsea when I first started going to see the club. That's how we are. No apology necessary, I don't think. But I do agree with your point about, you know, yeah, Chelsea tried desperately to be, uh, you know, good on the PR front and managed to shoot themselves in the foot all the time. There was another brilliant uh, Mixler post. I think it was from Mark. I can find it. I can't. I'll see. I'll uh, I'll dig it out after the break because uh, it was too good to miss. But I'll I'll have a look uh, in uh, in the break, which we're about to have now. Now, when we come back, as I said a minute ago, uh, we are going to um, have our usual parish notices, and uh, we will put you in the picture regarding the Chelsea Fancast summer schedule. And of course, with yesterday being the nineteenth of May, we recall some memories of that day seven years ago when Chelsea lifted the European Cup. But here's the thing. Can Chelsea actually win it again? We will find out after the break. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper 
Right, welcome back. Uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast, part three. Goodness gracious me, how time flies when you're having fun. Now, I did promise before we went to the break that there was another excellent post. I and mean, there's some, been some brilliant posts tonight. I mean, talk about debate. It's hotting up in Mixler. Goodness gracious me. And, and as I've said, Babatunde Jide Obatayo. I think I might have even pronounced that right. He is on fire tonight. And... Uh, I just wanted to read this out because I absolutely completely agree with this. Baba might be surprised by this, but he says, um, I think in relation to managers, really, you know, that's mostly English fans, mate. International fans are less likely to get attached to any manager. I've been saying all season, um, which you will know, I suspect, if you listen to the show, that I, I, I just no longer get attached to a Chelsea manager because there is absolutely no point because they're only here for 18 months. So pointless being attached to them. The only thing I really care about is the club, you know, the club and the people I go there with, you know, and in the hope that we see them play decent football and we win a few things. But the players, you know, they, they come and go. The managers are there for about 18 months, pointless getting sentimental about them. So I kind of, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, bizarrely. So there you go. Um, right, enough. It's uh, a parish notices time. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Patreon, of course. Do not forget if you like what we do, or even if you don't, you know, pay us enough money and we'll we'll, we'll stop doing it. <laughs> That's an idea. I've not thought of that one, chaps. What a bloody good idea. Pay us enough money and we'll never do a show again and then we'll make you all happy. No, but in all seriousness, um, we have this thing called Patreon, which is a, a brilliant uh, kind of website type thing, which enables people to support uh, people like us who do podcasts so you know pays a little bit of money every month and helps to you know cover the costs and stuff um, but there are fringe benefits to it if you become a patron uh, I will tend to give you exclusive material and uh, other related stuff of course it's a great way for you to you know get a message to us particularly if you want it read out on the show um, because I do look on it quite regularly, or just message me to have a chat, really. Um, we do have plans. I need to kind of work on this. I found out that they have all sorts of apps, which I need to get my head around. But there may well be a way of having a kind of a more, uh, you know, kind of private chat group, uh, maybe even during matches, now that Chelsea actually have a, an internet connection at the ground. Uh, but it would be better than WhatsApp. WhatsApp is brilliant, but I just think the idea of having a WhatsApp group would just drive me up the wall. I don't think I could cope with, you know, having loads of people on my phone every two seconds. So uh, I, I'm, I'm investigating their various apps for kind of live chat. So I will keep you posted about that. I have an absolutely fantastic thing that is coming your way soon. I cannot tell you about it yet because I want to wait until I've actually got it in my in my hands but the minute i know i will let you all know but there are goodies coming your way so uh keep you know keep an eye on what's going on in patreon and if you can join up as easy as i said there's absolutely no pressure you know most people do a dollar couple of dollars i don't know whatever you want really no pressure at all uh, you can donate whatever you want and it is at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash chelsea fancast so there you go uh Another very worthwhile cause, of course, is the Chelsea Supporters Trust, something that's very close to my heart, of course. Uh, so do join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's free to join up to be a member, but if you want to have a badge and if you want to be able to vote and uh, attend the meetings, then it's five quid a year. And you can sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com and uh, 
uh, as I said, that will enable you to get a vote in the elections, which of course will be coming up soon. That will be kind of end of August time. Uh, and you can follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. And last, but by no means least, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners, who of course own the freehold of Stamford Bridge, and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing at football at Stamford Bridge forever and ever and ever. Amen. And uh, if you want to find out how to buy a share, you just email info at chelseapitchowners.com or, of course, check out uh, chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Now, <clears throat> a minute or two ago, uh, I was telling you all about the fact that uh, obviously we are having a bit of a break because, of course, it's off season. So we normally kind of disappear to our, our villas in the south of France and all that kind of thing. Uh, if only that were true. Um, but I've got a few ideas for the summer. Uh, first of all, I, I'm planning to do two more live, you know, kind of shows like this on a, on a Monday, although the first one is not on a Monday. But uh, hopefully I'll do a show on 28th of May, which is next Tuesday. That will be provisionally to uh, preview the Europa League final, which is on the Wednesday, the day after. Uh, and also we can start doing a bit of a season review, because obviously if we're playing in the Europa League final on the Wednesday... It is behoving of us to have a review show on Monday the 3rd of June, uh, which I also aim to do, and another season review, kind of second part of that. And that will be the last uh, kind of Monday live show of the season until we get going next season. So there you go. But I need to talk to the chaps about that to see who's available. But hopefully those two will happen. Uh, I then intend to have a three-week break between June the 10th and June the 24th, largely because I'm going away on holiday. Uh, but when I get back, what I'm going to do for the other Mondays, I'm going to dig out, I've been promising this for quite a while, but I'm going to dig out some of the old classic Chelsea fan casts, uh, you know, some that we've had special guests for from the past, you know, and some of the old members that you may remember. Uh, obviously, I'm going to need to listen to them all again because they're probably completely not PC and will get me locked away. Uh, but once I've done that, I'll put them up on Mondays so you'll be able to listen to those. Um, and as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not averse, maybe, doing a few one-offs if I've got time. Uh, maybe kind of pitch it around special topics like a big loan report from last season, maybe some transfer rumours, possibly a few kind of Q&A podcasts where we can just do written in, answer written in questions and maybe even the odd Skype call from you, like Baba was suggesting. I'd be up for that. Uh, now, the other good news is, of course, that the Love Sports shows are going to be continuing throughout the summer, so they're not stopping at all. Uh, they'll still be on a Friday, uh, but we are only going to be an hour long. So they're going to be 8 o'clock till 9pm during the off-season. Uh, and again, in, in lieu of not an awful lot of Chelsea to talk about, I'm going to try and get a few special guests lined up so that they can come into the studio and be with us. So watch out for news of all that. OK, now, um, the other thing I was going to say was, of course, it was the 19th of May yesterday. Uh, a lovely day in the memory of all Chelsea supporters because, of course, seven years ago, we won the Champions League, or as I prefer to call it, the European Cup. Um, Jonathan, uh, what are your memories of that wonderful day? I remember, oh, no problem. Um, I remember, above all, I've never hugged so many complete strangers. That was my over overweening memory of um, walking out in a daze. Um, and I had the bizarre thought that... There was a stall just outside that had Chelsea Champions T-shirts. And I was thinking, where are all the Bayern Munich Champions T-shirts then? Are they all under the counter? 
because they must have been swapping them round, left and right, backwards and forwards, as the game was going on, in preparation to people running out. And you wondered if people had gone out slightly early, with 10 minutes to go, um, uh, before the uh, before extra time, as to whether, um, whether in fact, uh, they, they would have seen Bayern Munich winners T-shirts there. These are the strange thoughts that came to me. Um, uh, and also the bizarre premonition I had, when Torres came on and uh, got the corner, which Mata took. And I was just thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if Torres' Torres's main contribution was to get a corner from which Drogba scored, um, whereupon Drogba scored. And, uh, and I, I sort of couldn't help myself in disbelief that I got that right. Um, but my major feeling about the whole game was one of co- total disbelief how we'd failed, uh, how they'd failed to beat us. Um, and it was just so backs to the wall and just so nail-bitingly um, awful, really, just thinking they must score, surely. We can't keep this up. We can't, we can't defend superbly all the way through. And so my final reaction when TDA took the pe- went up to take the penalty to win it is I, I burst out laughing. I couldn't stop laughing because I just thought, what a complete farce this, is, this whole game is. That we are we are utterly destined to win this because we shouldn't have won it. Everybody's injured. We haven't got the the, the proper team. He's got Bertrand playing, and um, Beswinger isn't one of the great right backs. And uh, and we came through. And the feeling of utter, the relief at the end of the game and the as I say this people. But this was a kind of mutual thing. Anybody wearing blue and white, everybody just hugged. We all hugged each other. It was it was quite remarkable. It was, and then this 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 euphoria of just wandering about, um, look, almost not looking for Chelsea fans, just knowing that around you there would be Chelsea fans, and taking an eternity to get back to the train, and not caring whether you got there or not, and just you know thinking, I must find something, get something to eat, but really, if I need something to eat, I'm just going to wander about and bask bask in the joy of the uh, of the moment. Oh yeah, it was it was uh, a superb, superb event. Uh, I, I, absolutely right. I mean, it, it was without doubt, it will always be and will always remain the greatest uh, night of my life. And I've had a few, but uh, that is the that is the one when I, you know, pop me clogs, mate. That that'll be one of the ones that will flash through uh, my mind. And uh, I think you know, if I have, if I have, if I have kind of a several abiding memories of it, you know, particularly during the game. Uh, it will be uh, the absolute euphoria when Robin missed that penalty, and, and yeah. when and when uh, Drogba scored the equaliser. It was that weird belief that I just felt that we could do it without any, you know, kind of reason behind it at all. Uh, and then when we had penalties, thinking, "Oh fuck, we've got no chance. No, you can't beat Germans with penalties." And I, and I, I kind of. At that point, I decided there was nothing I could do, so I kind of, kind of, I didn't sit down, but I kind of sat back, you know, onto the seat, and I just thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to look. I'm not going to like pussy out and turn away, but I'm just going to like make myself comfortable. And I lit up a fag, thinking, well, you're not going to chuck me out now, so, you know, I kind of did that, and uh, and and I, and then the, the and the thing I will never forget at the end when we'd won it 
was I, I saw loads of people that I knew. I mean, Martin Wickham was the first person that I saw because he was sitting quite near me. I just, just jumped over several uh, loads of s- seats and gave him a big hug. And then I saw Bushes, Graham Bush as well, and then Sammy, our Rice, uh, and others too. And it was just, it was just amazing. But I mean, I think that the, the, the weird thing for me was that I, I just felt absolutely and completely and utterly and emotionally drained by it. I was spent. I had nothing left to give. And I mean, I, I'd drunk like a skunk all day. I mean, we'd been on the steins in the in the beer garden all day. And uh, I'd sweated all of that out by then, so I was kind of left with the re- residual, you know, dehydrated hangover. Um, and then, of course, I had to go back, so I had to get a flight back. So I, 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 I feel that I was deprived a bit. I didn't have that kind of, you know, euphoria at the end of it. I was just spent, and then I had to queue to get on the bloody trains and then get back to the airport, uh, which was a bit of a nightmare. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a kind of a, a damp squib afterwards for me. Uh, well, the only upside being was that because I had to fly back, I, I got back in time to go to the parade. So that was that was a really nice thing. I'm really glad I was able to yeah. make that. Yeah, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it won't get any better than that, mate. That's for sure. And this is the thing, you know. Do you think we, we will ever win it again? Uh, uh, yes, I do. I do. But I, I, it's dependent on, um, on City uh, having a cap put on them. Because uh, it, it is unbelievably ridiculous that they do have the the uh, the weight of a small country behind it behind them. But I um I, I suspect we'll win it if um, Abramovich isn't the manager. Sorry, isn't the chairman anymore? Isn't the owner? Um, and somebody else comes in and splashes the cash, which is immensely likely. Mm. Um, uh, but on the other hand, it might be that a manager comes in and, and causes the team to gel into a wonder team. But yeah, we have the facilities. We're one of the top. We're one of the top teams in in Europe still. I know people will will blanch at that, but uh, and we have the potential to be one of the top teams in Europe. There's always that there. Um, uh, but it it, it 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 depends on the board being less, being more transparent, and the whole club being more transparent and. Um, uh, I don't know. Just the, somehow everything getting their act together, so we 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 look like the team we were a few years ago. But I think it I think it would work just with a I, I, with a different manager, somebody who inspired them to um, to play out of their skins. Um, you know, because you just look at the effect that some managers have. Simeone, for example, he's got some ordinary players there, gets them really performing. Same with the Juventus. I know Juventus came up short in the Champions League, but Allegri really got them playing. He's got some vicious players there. Perhaps it's perhaps that's it. Perhaps it's all down to the to management getting in the the right composition of players. And uh, Sarri isn't the man because he's too formulaic, because he's too demanding on a on a, as you say, Chidge, on a philosophy, and can't implement it. Perhaps ultimate, ultimately you have to play with, you know, choose four or five destroyers and then get the ball players around them and just try and mix something up accordingly. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws here to find a reason for it. But I, I, I think I think we shouldn't think this is the last time we're going to win it. I think we'll oh. be uh, we'll be up there and thereabouts within the next five years. Personally, I think. Well, I, uh, who knows? I mean, I think this is the thing, really, because. You know, looking at what's going on now, certainly with, I think, the way that we've without doubt fallen behind 
and are in danger of falling further behind, if, if we were absolutely honest, it, it would be easy to say, well, you know, no, basically, not much chance. But I think the thing to remember, of course, which is kind of double-edged in a way, is that, you know, the, pre- the Premier League, I think, is actually harder to win than the Champions League. Because at the end of the day, the Champions League is a cup competition. And you, in order to win a cup competition, you need to have luck. And if Tottenham Hotspur can get to a final of a Champions League, that tells you everything you need to know. And even when we won it, to be absolutely fair, we won it when we were the worst we'd been since we'd started to try and win it when Roman came in. You know, at least three of our sides were better than the one that won it, I think. You know, the 2009 side, the one that got knocked out by Barcelona stupidly in the semi. You know, we should have beaten United in 2008. Those were better sides than the one that, that actually won it in 2012. So ultimately, it's a cup competition. Uh, and you need luck to do it. So, providing we're there or thereabouts, you know, I think the first thing, J.K., is we have to be in the bloody competition, and at least we are in it next season. You know, it, it's so true, I think, isn't it? You know, the best team in Europe seldom actually wins the European Cup, do they? Yes, because City clearly are the best team in Europe at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, while we're here, J.K., there is hope, which is there all is. I need. Now, um, some of the, the, the more astute of you out there uh, will have realised that Clayton's been really quiet this part. There's a very good reason for that. Poor old Clayton's had to whiz off. Bit of a crisis at home. So uh, our best wishes are with Clayton. And sorry we, he's had to disappear. Uh, and thank you, uh, you know, for his contribution for the first half of the show. Uh, if Tony Glover is still in Mixler he ca- and he cares to join us, you know where we are, mate. We'd love to have you on board. Otherwise, uh, we're going to read your emails out in the next part. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, a quick, uh, a quick uh, shout out to say, do check out our website. I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying this because Dean Mears is is uh, in Mixler at the moment. Of course, he is our main writer, I would say. He's our top writer. He's like the Henry Winter of the Chelsea Fancast website. Anyway, uh, it's great stuff. Loads of good stuff on there. Less in the summer, I will be honest with you, but there's all gives you a chance to discover what else is on the site, like where we all drink and who we're friends with and all this kind of thing and, and who we are and what we do. It's all good stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, do check it out, chelseafancast.com. Now, it's email time. Loads of emails uh, loads of emails this week, uh, which I'm delighted to say. Um, and the first one, Jonathan, is my email of the week. And it is from uh, Mr. Monyaki Moikangoa. And Monyaki is in here. Uh, or he was earlier. I think he's still around. Anyway, he says, Howdy, True Blues. Um, I listened to the podcast and was motivated to write another note. Most of our emails on the podcast start with when and how they became Chelsea fans. I'll cut it very short. I became Chelsea due to Viali and my absolute love for Hullet. But most importantly, that coincided with me looking for an underdog club in England. South Africa uh, is one of the highest consumers of the Premier League in the world last time I checked. So in representing every supporter here, I decided to write. Nobody seems to write from South Africa. 
Uh, actually, at some point, South Africa had the highest number of players to have ever played for Chelsea, statistically. Mr. Glanville can confirm, but Brazilians have probably knocked us out the part by now. So, anyway, I've decided to write an email of random thoughts rather than fantastic stories that we continuously listen to on here. So, there is no flow below. Anyway, thought number one. Looking at it in isolation... Have you noticed that the man that has undoubtedly caused this incredible division amongst fans is actually the one that doesn't seem to give a smack about us? So weird. So let's let's forgive this Sarri in, Sarri out crap, because if he does win, final and beyond, literally everyone will be ecstatic. Uh, thought two, perhaps a shout out uh, to the many relentless public profiles on Twitter that are a news feed for Chelsea under the incredible, vile and abusive circumstances. Hats off to them. I can name a few. Chelsea Youth, Dan Levine, Simon Johnson. The list is long and we don't have to agree with their content or approach. Respect is everything. Thought number three. Having already stated uh, I followed Chelsea on the basis of underdog status, I actually think the most important aspect Chelsea should be looking for in their next rebuild is character. Yes, talent is important. I stand corrected, but to my observation, our club has performed best when required to beat the odds. You gents can dig into your mental history and correct me if I'm wrong. The board is missing it on this one. The outcome of recruiting players with character supported by talent will actually be a great incorporation of what we have always been, must continue to be, and what the club will benefit from top to bottom. Thought four. My personal thought is I've never been a fan of template managers because they're too fixated in approach and progression of their football. The problem with inflexibility in the EPL is once you get found out and are unable to tweak it, you're done. On this basis, I hope our philosophical coach can adopt some flexibility and become a lot more strategic. 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 as and when required. Thought 5. Can I just say the penalty saved from Kepper that he blocked with his knees is one of the best I've seen. I don't think I've seen that before. I might be exaggerating, but I was really impressed. He actually invoked one of the craziest moments football has ever seen. Remember El Loco, that Colombian goalkeeper? I didn't even remember this being against England. Kepper still has some small mistakes, but guys, we have a gem here. He can only get better. Anyway, again, thanks for all your time and effort in making these podcasts. As you rightly said last this week, Uncle Chidge, I've been listening for a long time now. Please pass the thank yous to everyone. Tony, JK, Alex, Dan, Liam, Joe, Marco, Clayton, ETC. Please add whoever I've missed out. P.S. Stay healthy for the benefit of more podcasts. Regards, Monyaki. Uh, JK, what do you think of that? Um, yes, surprisingly, this is, is this possibly the first South African male we've had? I'm not sure it is, actually. I think we've had them before, a long time ago. A long time ago. But, um, yeah, they're mad on the, uh, the Premier League there. They were mad. I, went, I played a cricket tour there about 15 years ago, and, um, uh, and they were mad then, and they were all rushing to watch it, because we're on the same... The same um, Time zone as them, aren't we? So you can actually are, watch yeah. exactly the same time. Um, uh, uh, I'm intrigued to uh, the the the, um, the responses he's got for number two, which is a Chelsea youth Dan Levine, Simon Johnson. Um, there are there are a few people sticking up for it. He's right. There are some who are are beacons shining in the uh, in the murk. Um, and yeah, that's a good list of them. Um, I was perturbed to hear. Uh, the Dan Levine song at the Leicester game, and um, I mean Dan Levine song in both senses, the uh, the crude ver- the crude version of anti Dan Levine and also the anti Semitic song. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. That came over on the telly. 
Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody mentioned that. I was intrigued. No. Um, uh, character. I think it's what, in a sense, what I was talking about. The character aspect. It's. It's almost. It's. It's the fact that Juventus did exactly what um, Conte wanted, which is they bought. They had. To, they bought the other two, Chiellini and Bonucci, um, to, to be split half because they're. They're just animals, and there's an element of that character as being an animal. Is somebody who just plays beyond themselves, and all right, bends the rules a little bit. And we don't really appear to have one of those. Rudiger has moments like that, but I think they can be scary. I think teams can be scared by players like that, and we don't appear to have that. And JT was one of those to an extent because he was hard but fair. Um, and we there was just, a, and of course, Balak was the 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 epitome of that. Just. A, um, you know, he would. Uh, I remember him, him against Liverpool in the first few minutes, a really hard one-on-one tackle with McMahon, and McMahon came off the worst. And you think, yeah, you need a bit of that in the side. And we really haven't quite got that. The only player who seems to have it is Ampadu, and uh, and he, of course, has hardly played this year, and he's only eighteen. Um, uh, yeah, and and I I think they, I think we've discussed this business about template managers fixated in approach and I, I, I you know we he hasn't got it to work so uh, you're absolutely right it, it, he hasn't been able to change it and he doesn't because he's too dogmatic but we've given the excuses no pre-season can't get the players to do it if he's with us next season we'll see whether he can do it or not um, uh, and as for Kepa's save he must have done some research because he didn't move at all so he knew that he was going to hit it straight at him and he was very lucky it lodged on his leg didn't it it was like a, a kind of ridiculous moment. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Kepa's going to be a great keeper, actually. I think he's pretty good already. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Well, I, I mean, to, to you know, underline everything you said, I, I agree with all of that. I think that's a, a spot-on email, Mon. Uh, I like particularly the, uh, the point about character. I think, uh, you know, I think, well, you know, I'm bound to say it because I'm old school, but I think that's, that is absolutely as important as talent. And I think we were very lucky for a good 10 years and we had a team full of lots of characters who also had a, a huge amount of talent uh, and I do wonder whether I mean you know when people talk about leadership or a lack of leadership in a sense that's what they're kind of talking about and I think we have lost that but then again I think that that's that's you know very much something of the modern game I, don't, I mean there are, you look at all the other teams around you know there are a dearth of leaders around I mean City are losing company he, and he's head and shoulders above everybody else on that side as a leader. So it's not just Chelsea, but I, I totally agree with that. Good stuff. Well done, Mon. Uh, right, next one, Jonathan. And also the last thing, stay healthy for the benefit of more pods. I think that's the most important thing he said. Absolutely. Yes. You've got to stay healthy. You can't work. You can't read. You can't talk. Uh, mate, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of gas. You know, I'm always like this at this time of the season. I'm absolutely running out of gas. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Emotionally as well. Well, just just done, you know, knackered. Yes. But anyway, Nick enough. Barkley. Nick Barkley. Hello, everyone. Thanks for the podcast, the insight, and reading all my previous emails. No problem, Nick. I wanted to speak a bit on the decision of whether Chelsea should keep Sarri based on our final league standing. While I'm very pleased to get third and hope we win the Europa League, I think Sarri has to be let go. Once teams worked out his football, we looked utterly inept. And while we've gotten the necessary results, the club feels just as rudderless as we did going into last summer. I'm all for giving a manager time, 
but we frankly don't have time to waste because of the transfer ban. Whatever the CAS decides, it's highly likely we'll be serving the ban at some point. If we're able to buy this summer and if we sign Sarri's players, but he proves to be equally inept as a manager by October, what do we do? We shack him. It's likely we won't be able to buy in January or summer 2020 if the two-window ban is upheld. So if you bring a new manager in after this summer, they're stuck with Sarri's players until potentially January 2021. At this point, if you let Sarri go, you could also let Higuain and Kovacic go easily. Loan expiration, leaving only really Jorginho as a remnant of the Sarri era. We wouldn't have to have a mass loan exodus or exiling of senior players, as usually comes with new managers. The essence of my point is that if we still have questions about whether Sarri is the right manager or not, he needs to go because we won't have the ability to adequately fix it for 18 months. Thanks for all you do. And I hope Tony Glover is on when this read when this is read out. He's not, Nick, but he could be in a moment. Get on, Tony, quickly, because I always love hearing his Sarri takes. Carefree in NYC, Nick Barkley. I'm sorry, Nick, it's just me and Chidge at the moment. But, Tony, get in here, get in here, answer that. Yeah. Answer. He was in Mixler. He was in Mixler earlier on. He's probably busy. But, uh, oh. uh, yeah, top, e- uh, top email, Nick. Uh, and as you said, uh, Tony Glover is very much full of uh, very hot Sarri takes. Um, you know, I, it's hard to disagree with what you're saying. Um, but, I mean, you know, I mean, going back to what we were saying about Frank Lampard, et cetera, et cetera, I just think that there is, if there's been one problem with this um, – with this, you know, season, it's just the the toxicity inside and outside of, of Stamford Bridge, and uh, I think it's not entirely down to Sarri. I think there are other reasons for it as well. But I just think we need a lift and we need to come together a bit. And I, I do think that hiring Frank uh, Frank Lampard would go a long way to doing that. I just think we need to get the connection with the club back. And I think a lot of supporters, certainly those that that do go to the matches, you know have felt that they've lost that connection. And I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in 20 years in terms of that disconnect, people getting fed up with it, people not renewing their season tickets, people calling it a day. Now, as I said, I don't think that's entirely down to Sarri. I'll be absolutely honest with you. I think there's a lot of other stuff uh, due to that as well. But you know, and if but, but if he was a, man, a different kind of manager, I think it, it wouldn't have happened as perhaps abruptly as it has. So, I mean, getting Frank in would be a huge lift for the club. Um, so there we go, but we shall see. Um, right, uh, Paul Reynolds. Now, this is a cracking email, if I remember correctly, because it comes with a very different view from what we've been talking about. It says, Hi, Chidge and the guys. In last week's pod, you predicted that a lot of Chelsea fans will be put off from travelling to Baku for several reasons, but predominantly the hassle of cost of getting there. Add to that the lack of exciting European opposition in different recent performances and the humbling status of a second-tier tournament and I suspect that it will mean that the club may struggle to sell the 6,000 tickets allocated. Consequently, we should not make too much noise about the unfair UA for ticket allocation, I hope I'm proven wrong, until it's sold out. Step in, overseas supporters. I've been living and working in the Middle East for the past 12 years and rarely get the chance to see Chelsea play, the last being a couple of years ago in the Community Shield when we were beaten by Arsenal. When I heard the final was being played in Baku, I hoped we would get there, 
as it's less than a three-hour flight from Dubai, and there are a few airlines that fly the route. I was up uh, uh, up early, early after the semi-final to book flights and hotel and plan to pick up a match ticket when I get there. Hopefully, we can match the Arsenal support, as I fear they will treat this like a once-in-a-lifetime final, which it almost is for them, and they may turn up in numbers. The flights from the UAE went quickly, and so I guess there will be several fans from the region to swell the ranks of those making the journey from the UK. I guess many of the regular pod contributors will not be able to make it to the game, but it would be good to catch up with any that do. Furthermore, I'm sure there will be some interesting travel stories to share on a future pod from those that made it against all the UEFA odds. With the stalled ground development, lack of owner involvement and turgid football we are currently playing, we have definitely lost some of our mojo. Let's hope it's only temporary and a good win in the Europa League final can be a kickstart to next season. Hoping it's a good final for all those fans that have made such uh, so much effort to get there. Come on, you blues, Paul. Um, yeah, I see. That's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant point, Jonathan. Because of course we we forget that completely. I've been guilty of forgetting that, to be honest, and focusing entirely on uh, the supporters that are likely to be going out from the UK, as you kind of would expect. Um, you know, obviously being involved with the supporters' trust, my focus would be on that. But Paul's absolutely right, and he and he's not the first person that I've heard of uh, who is going uh, from overseas. Um, you know, Yusuf, our great mate from Dubai, is also going. Paul's going from Dubai. I, I you know, Russ Saunders is going from uh, Australia. from Australia, as we will find out in a minute. So yeah, there's going to be there, there will be a lot of supporters, hopefully even more, going from abroad, where it is actually not too difficult for them to get to Baku. Uh, so I hope they get tickets, and I hope they, you know, make it count because it is worrying, isn't it? When you think that there's, you know, well under the six thousand tickets that have been allocated have been sold to fans going out from the UK so far. Well, will they be able to get the, that allocation of tickets, or will they be buying other tickets so they'll be scattered around the ground? Because surely the six thousand have all been. I know you're supposed to pick them up in uh, when you get there, but haven't they been allocated via Stamford Bridge for Chelsea fans? Well, you would have thought, although I can't, I don't think that's necessarily true, because of course, if you're in a supporters club, you'll you'll get a, you know, you'll get an allocation, even for the final, I'm sure of that. Right, yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, let's be honest, they'll either get it from the allocation or they'll get it, you know, from the ones that UEFA officials sell, allegedly. Um, But Paul, well done, mate. And I mean, you know, I don't know about you, Jonathan, the only person that I know going, I think, is Tim Rolls. From all the people that I know, and, and he's he's going by a, um, aren't they sharing a, a, a? They're going to Tbilisi, aren't they? Yeah. And getting yeah. a getting a, a a coach across or something that they've hired. Yeah. I almost went. I almost Did you? went. Yeah, almost. I bought a ticket, and um, uh, and was about to. I was on the queue for the nine hundred seventy nine quid, and uh, and then my agent said to me, um, uh, "You mustn't go during the week because uh, it'll be about day and a half out, and you'll lose work." And the and the p- people I was working for said, no, you can't. Li- you, we we want to use you on that Wednesday, and you might be replaced. They said. So uh, that was the end of that. So luckily, I got go. I got to I got to um, um, what do you call them? Uh, Thomas Cook quickly enough to cancel my my payment because it was on on credit card. They were holding it just to. They have to authenticate. Yeah. They authenticate whether you're uh, you've actually paid for the ticket properly or not. You know, it was that. Um, it was that uh, that set up. So um, I'm surprised, in fact, that because I, I tried to buy another ticket for a mate and I sent a ticket to the um, uh, to the to the club and said, um, no, you there was a deadline 
on the on the midday. And I thought, but surely if they can't sell any of the tickets, surely they should be bending over backwards to if people want to try and apply for them. So I you think would have thought, in, wouldn't you? Would have thought so. But I think there's a there are lots of people aren't aren't buying them. They're just not interested. Um, mm. For, for, a, it's too expensive, and also, but that's down to UEFA, isn't it? And also, and, and I think there was a, a call, wasn't there, for the club um, uh, subsidising the whole thing to help people to get there, um, just so there'd be a decent number of supporters, so we'd f- fulfil the allocation. So, I, 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 and that never happened. So uh, that was never ever likely to happen either. So I suspect that we won't, uh, there'll be about four thousand Chelsea fans there out of the six thousand, and whether and whether they then. That the remaining two thousand end up in other people's hands may, of course, then be another problem. Um, in fact, if there's a mixture of Arsenal and Chelsea fans in the area, that will be disastrous. Mm. Well, we shall see, won't we? But uh, you know, good luck to everybody who is going. You're you're better men than me, uh, particularly if you're going from the UK. But I'm delighted actually that I didn't realise that. I stupidly kind of didn't think about that. But there are going to be a lot of the overseas support that are going, which is good. And Mark Barfoot, the wonderful Mark Barfoot, who of course is the uh, chairman of the Hastings Blues uh, says that official supporters clubs don't get a ticket allocation for Euro finals. So there we go. So uh, don't worry, they'll get older tickets. Um, right, next one is for you, JK. Gareth. Gareth Bloomfield, who had a go at me the other day. Hello, Gareth. It's me again. <laughs> Chidge, say something, say something. I'll talk over you quickly. No, no, you're reading this no, one. I'm not me. Back, back, back. Sorry, there we are. Thank, well done, thank you. Um, I was talking over you, you see, because um, that was Gareth's... Uh, 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 yeah, sorry, yeah. I didn't get the joke. Sorry, yeah. sorry, that was, sorry. That was Gareth's complaint. Yeah. Hey, guys, hello again from uh, wet and windy Wellington, New Zealand. I must say, I was caught out slightly by surprise the other day. I was working away on the laptop late at night listening to the show, and lo and behold, my email was read out. I nearly fell off my chair. Don't worry, JK. I love you. I love you too, Gareth. Enjoy the banter and your chat. I love you, Gareth. And enjoyed it even more so when you didn't talk over everybody. I don't talk over anybody, Gareth. I'll take my feedback as my contribution for the show moving forward. Keep up the good work, guys. The day I make it to London, I'll look you up, JK, and buy you a beer. It'll have to be a coffee, Gareth. I don't drink beer. You probably drink warm ones, but I can handle that. No, Gareth, I don't drink beer. Look forward to more shows. Yes, there'll be more of those. Best regards, your number one New Zealand fan. Oh, Gareth, thanks. Gareth, P.S. Heads up, next time you're going to read my email out would be greatly appreciated due to the massive time difference. Oh, it's too late. Did you tell him? Did you tell Gareth? I, I did indeed. I did email. I emailed Gareth to say uh, I, we will be reading your email out tonight. Whether whether he got it before, he, well, he will get it before he listens to it. I would imagine. So there you go. But I couldn't resist reading it out because it didn't half make me laugh. So there you go. Uh, right, a very quick one from Fer, Ferdinando Agazzino. What a great name. He says, "Hey guys, uh, I love the show. I was wondering if you know what pub most Chelsea fans will be meeting up." for the Europa League final, and yourselves, of course, Fernando. I'm presuming, Fernando, that you mean in London uh, rather than Baku. Uh, I have absolutely no idea where people are meeting in Baku. But, of course, remember we've played out in Baku before when we played Carabag. So I suspect the Chelsea Massive have already found a few pubs. So it might be worth kind of checking out Twitter if you are going to Baku. Um, as for us, Law, uh, I know that Dan Silver has organised a table at the Lily Langtree pub. 
So that's where most of us will be watching it. Sadly, not me, because I'm stranded down in Winchester midweek because I have stuff to do in the week down here. So I won't be. I will be watching it from the safety or otherwise of my armchair. Um, but uh, in terms of pubs in Chelsea, I mean, most of the main pubs uh, near the ground will be be showing it. Frankie's Bar would be a good one to watch it in, which is at the ground. The Pensioner, Chelsea Pensioner, would be probably the best atmosphere. It'll be mental in there. Um, but I would imagine most of the other pubs in the manor will be showing the game and the atmosphere in there will be pretty good. It'll be full of Chelsea. So go and, you know, go and poke your head around one of those. Jonathan. Is it just me, Russ? It is, yeah. My, so Georgia's here. She's going to say hello. Hello, Chidge. Say hello. Hello. Hello, Georgia. She's going to bed. Night, night. Night. Sweet. Barry. Uh, bye, bye. Lovely. Uh, Russ, Russ Saunders. Good old Russ. Um, I caught up with the Friday show today. Love the halftime replay rant. Did you have a rant, Chidge, on Friday? I didn't know that. Did you? Ever... I should. I, no, let me explain that. What happened was uh, the Charlton game was on. The Charlton-Doncaster game was oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And obvi- obviously we were told that we had to talk about Charlton all evening. Um, and, uh, you know, in the middle... Well, I don't know when it was, but during the show... I happened to look up to the TV screen and thought I was doing very well when I said, oh, look, 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 Charlton have scored. At which point Johnny pointed out, Chidge, it's half time. They're showing you the first half goal. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I went on a rant about Sky Sports and nobody telling me that it was half time and it was all very unfair to deliberately mug me off and make me look stupid. Anyway, Russ enjoyed it. Uh, that was a good game, actually. I enjoyed watching that in the second mm-hmm. half. Doncaster winning that because um, I was ill. I was in my bed. Um, anyway, yeah, yes. Caught up with the Friday show today. Loved the halftime replay rant. I concur. The season was woeful, mainly since December. I was hoping, in a sad way, that we'd lose to Frankfurt because I knew I would. I would want to go, and I am going. Know of mates on the Gold Coast and Perth that are going over too. Fortunately, I found a decent return from Sharjah to Baku, thirty minutes drive from Dubai. And that was an okay price from Melbourne. With all the bollocks on Twitter this year, and I need to stay off it, I'm, I'm going because I'm Chelsea. No other reason. Not going to discuss any fucking Sarri in or Sarri out with anybody. That's a very true point, Russ. If you're Chelsea, you need to you, you carry on supporting them regardless. If subject comes up at the pub, I'll just talk about the weather, which will be pleasant over there. I wish I had a couple of months off the deprived sleep, but World Cup and Ashes has snookered me there. Happy 19th of May to you, although it was well into the 20th when I, we, Melbourne, started to watch and celebrate. Up the Chels, Russ. Good old Russ. Always lovely to hear from Russ, and uh, I can inform you, Jonathan, that the package that Russ has sent you and I yes. has arrived. Hurrah. It's lovely. You will love it. And uh, Russ, I, I know you'll be listening, and I have actually, I'm sure... Uh, replied to your various messages but I did wear the t-shirt yesterday um, live on the Love Sports show that I did because of course it was Munich Day and uh, I won't say too much because I don't want to ruin the surprise with Jonathan but all I will say is the t-shirt commemorates Munich arguably in the best way I've seen it commemorated that's all I'll say but Russ brilliant it's really sweet of you man really appreciated that really enjoyed opening that was like christmas but even better it was fantastic so jonathan next time i see you which of course will be friday uh, i shall i shall hand the package over to you thank you is it a badge ah uh, there may be a badge oh goody i like that there badge. may be a badge oh. there may be a badge there's a badge and a t-shirt and a key ring with a bottle opener oh. and, and a bag it's all very lovely oh. 
thank you. You'll love it. You'll love it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, as ever, for all the emails this week. Uh, we, As you know, we love getting emails from you, and we'll always do our best to read them out. So if you want to email us, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com and do try and get them to me by a Monday morning at the absolute latest. I have late-breaking news from the ever-so-wonderfully-informed uh, Mr. Mark Barfoot, who... Who, who? You see, I don't like being corrected by anybody as a rule. Uh, a bit sensitive to criticism. I am. It's. I talk about it with my therapist, and uh, I haven't got any made any headway on this. Uh, but there's one man in the world I never mind being corrected by, and that is by the lovely Mark Barfoot because he is way more knowledgeable than me. And he has said uh, only pubs with BT Sport, though he's dead right. And uh, more to the point, not all pubs have BT Sport because they cough up a lot of money to have Sky, which, of course, has more games. So, yeah, you need to be uh, Fernandino, whatever. Fer, what's Fer, what's his name? Ferdinando. Apologies. Ferdinando. Yeah, you need to be mindful of that uh, because not all of the pubs will be showing BT Sport. Anyway, where were we? Yes, email. Send them in. Monday morning at the latest. Um, as I said, I think in a few of the shows that we do, once I've had my break in June, uh, yeah, you know, we'll have more time to read emails up because there'll be less matches to talk about. So more room for emails. As I said, I'm up for doing a few kind of little Skype interactive shows with you all as well. So I'll keep you posted about that. Right. That, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for tonight. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday, 28th of May, providing I can persuade the, the chaps to uh, to do a show next Tuesday. And that will be basically to preview the Europa League final against Arsenal. And we'll start reviewing the season as well. Uh, don't forget to tune in, of course, to uh, Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 and 9pm this Friday. Join me, Jonathan and Johnny Burrow as we look ahead to the Europa Cup final against Arsenal. Phone in and join in the show and debate with us live. That is the point of doing a radio show. That simple. So the number to call is 0208 70 20 558. And of course, Love Sports, a London radio station, broadcast on 558 AM and on the DAB digital channels. And of course, you can also listen to it through Radio Player, tune in, lovesportradio.com or Alexa. You see? Or see, I've got rid of the Alexa in my office, Jonathan, so I can now say that. So, you know, you just go, Alexa, play Love Sport Radio. Boom, does it. Fantastic. Anyway, uh, the show is available, of course, as a podcast very shortly afterwards, as are all of our shows, and on the usual places like ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and other lesser-known podcast distributors. And you can follow the show on Twitter, at ChelseaFanCast, me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, and, of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers and uh, for their content in the week. And you can follow them on Twitter, at CFCGWLB, at Nick Stroudley, at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears, at CFC Nicholas, at Tosser of Coin, at TomGot95, at John Topier. And, of course, you can follow the regular Chelsea fancasters at Gate17Marco, at Liam underscore Toomey, at DanSilves73, at Joe Tweedy, at GrocerJackUK, at CFCGWLB, and at OJ Harbord. Goodness gracious me. I'm very... I'm, I'm, the tank is empty, uh, Jonathan. Maybe we'll just end the shows for, for good for the summer. Because I'm done, mate. Like a bloody kipper. You know, it's like a bridge too far, this flaming final. But I'm going to have to, like, take some drugs or something to get me through it. I don't know. Uh, we're too old for this rubbish, mate. You know, that's, that's, that's the trouble. Just too old for it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how we do it, Chid. You're right. You're right. You know what? I'll, sh- I'll share this with you. I went to see the specials on Saturday night. Yes. Uh, uh, at the Kentish Town, and they were just brilliant. And 
you know, I, I tried to be sensible, you know, because I'm old. Uh, but, you know, about two thirds through the set, they played a song. I think it was Nightclub, uh, which is one of my old favourites. And then they just played like a lot off that album. straight, And that was it. I was off dancing around like a teenager, which was just great at the time. But I've just, I can hardly move now. I'm stiff as a board since. So there you go. I'm too old for it, mate. Did what you just post videos of yourself doing it? No, I didn't. But I did take a video of their encore, which was uh, You're Wondering Now, uh, which is the song that I want uh, played at my funeral. I just thought I'd tell you that in case I pop my clog soon, uh, because I think it's quite funny. You know, you're wondering you're wondering now what to do. Now you know that this is the end. I don't, it appeals to my sense of humour, really. Good. No, I'll, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll remember to, to tell your missus. Oh, she knows. She knows. She's well aware of it. I mean, I, do you know what the funny thing is? I played that at the end of uh, of the playlist at our at my party in September. Ah, uh, right, I'd, I'd left. I know. I know. All right, Jonathan. As always, absolute pleasure having you on the show as ever. Look forward to seeing you on Friday. We missed you last week. Uh, so have a cracking week, uh, people in Mixalar. Uh, as ever, you know, you've been brilliant. You're, I know we have a bit of a row occasionally, but, I'm, I, you know, we're all allowed to do that. We're all friends afterwards, that's the point. I mean, that's actually a very interesting point, and I'm, without trying to waffle on even more and waste time, I wonder if the nuance of this is lost on platforms like Mixler and Twitter and, and what have you, because, you know, in a sense, it replicates the pub chat. And what you, you probably don't know is that we'll, we'll we'll be equally argumentative in a pub and we'll fall out and have a few rows occasionally. But of course, because, you know, you're in a pub and you're having a few beers, you get over it really quickly and we still love each other anyway. So, you know, nothing ever gets kind of left there lingering around. I wonder if that gets lost a bit on social media, JK. You never know, Chidge. I think it can do. Yeah, I, I just think this, what you were saying earlier in particular about um, uh, caring for managers and players... Um, you were saying it's something that people just can't quite do it when they're overseas. And I, 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 I'm not so sure because you do get so emotionally involved with the club is you can't help but loving some players. I mean, it's what you were saying earlier. I mean, Frank is, is, uh, is one of the best players I've ever seen at Chelsea and will always be in our hearts because of his commitment. So um, I'm sure that conveys itself to international supporters um, in the same way that um, uh, some people embraced Conti in his first season because he communicated so much. But it's interesting, isn't it, to see how people come across, how easy it is to destroy that that faith. Because we still, we're still fond of Ancelotti because we thought he was sacked unfairly. He was a very warm man. Um, so the, the, the manager being a nice guy... Uh, and coming across well is very important. And yeah, I mean, I I, 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 agree, I agree with that's all right. You're still there. I mean, I agree. I I, I just think that you know there 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 are greater connections with some managers and some players than there are with others. I think it really helps if they're very successful and they're very good and they win lots of stuff. That's a very quick and easy way to get a connection. But there are others with whom you have a connection because they have a connection with us. And that's easier to reciprocate. But I also say, and I know that this is an unpopular view, but I think that when you're actually there, uh, a very privileged position, I am the first to say, but it's quite possibly easier to have that connection than if you're not. And I think that's just a, a sad fact of life, you know. Um, but anyway, we, we, we've argued this one to the cows come home. No doubt we'll carry on arguing it. 
Um, yeah, but I see Mark. Mark's going off on Mixler now. He said, I, I, "How? How? I don't understand, Mark. How? You, it's brilliant. This is going to be another bloody three-hour one, isn't it? Just when we thought it was safe to go home, J.K. <laughs> Mixler are off on it again. You know, I don't. I don't. If you don't give your all, what's the point? Yeah, okay, not that one. Overseas fans, I would say, build an even stronger connection. I don't understand how, Mark. I really. Please explain to me because I. Re- I just, I'm not being pissy about it i just don't understand how when you're actually at the match watching these guys week in week out and you you feel much closer to it so i think that that breeds a connection it really does and i don't understand i don't understand how how it can be more if you're overseas maybe email me mark get off your ass right write me an email i know you've written in before you can do it again because i would love as i said i'm not being pissy i would love to know how or why because I, I really don't get it and that might be my fault rather than anybody else's and on that very positive and uh, humanitarian note i think it's time for me and jonathan to go to bed because we're old and tired and it's time to go home but before i do that i just wanted to say this thanks for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chels It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.